sure nice of you, Princess, to buy us lunch at this restaurant. Sorry, Mario, but I didn't ask you here for lunch. Cephalasia is a serious matter. It is a condition that occurs when one experiences extreme sexual arousal or climax, which is then followed sharply by an intense migraine headache. It is a traumatic experience, which can leave one abstaining from sexual activity for weeks or months on end. During the intro to the previous podcast, one of the hosts insensitively made light of coital cephalasia, and that host now wishes to issue a formal apology. Rhett. Yes. Please apologize. <laughs> what? What? Please apologize no, I, for making light of coital cephalasia. No, I that was, was the, the deal. I have to start episode sixty-five of the Socks Cast by reading a PSA, and then you read your prepared apology for making light of it. I was the one suffering, and you two made I, fun of me, I, going, ah, I no, jerked I, it so hard, you burst a blood, burst a blood vessel in your brain. <laughs> I, I never did any such thing, because yes, I yes, am innocent. I have a halo on top of my head, <laughs> little angel wings, and all that fun stuff. Mm. Podcast time! <laughs> it's one of those. How's everybody doing? Real well. Doing real Good. well? Rhett can jack off now, by the way. Yes, it's it's better now. He informed me that last night <laughs> he popped a few pills, and then he was able to pop one out later in the evening. No, see, last night I didn't need the pills. Oh, so you're, like, good to go. Just I'm good to go. Bang. Just down. <laughs> you know, just like, I mean, just because it's back from the shop doesn't mean you should go, you know, riding it too hard. You know, give, you know, give it some time yeah, to I know. work back up to things now. I did not make the mistake of going two hours before the podcast this time and bursting a blood vessel in my brain. Yeah, that would have been like, bad. Let's let's, let's ch chill out for a couple hours. It's like I might I might be able to abstain just a little bit. I mean, you made it two weeks. I'm sure you could last another few hours while we do one of these here dumb podcasts. Yeah. To my immediate virtual right, he's a bottle of nasal spray. It's Rhett. Hey. Well, you were supposed to introduce John. You already did me. I know, but I'm giving you your intro anyway. <laughs> Red, you were so quiet. Yeah. I was, I like, was oh. waiting for John to be like, my name's not Red. But we are so good at these bits. Man. Yeah. I really I really feel like our chemistry is just like <laughs> on point all the time, and we just are on the wavelength. It's great. Just you, There's never fuck up. Like, it's yep. just always perfect way to completely yep. like like this is an omen really like this is the rest of the podcast i can just fucking feel it <laughs> right. to my immediate virtual left he's that stone in your shoe when you get back from the beach it's Rhett. hi how's it going 
I'm going good. <laughs> what the fuck kind of impression is that? <laughs> I'm going good. I'm red. <laughs> I'm Jeff Fire. This is what I really sound like. Like I never understood that impression. <laughs> I'm just taking the hi and just kind of running with it. <laughs> it's so funny. Though. Also, twelve. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's twelve years old. I mean, that's a good point. So, how are you, John? Shirts. I'm doing real well. I've got a cup of tea. I'm under a blanket. Got a cup full of water. And, and, an, air, and an air conditioner that'll annoy Rhett throughout the whole podcast. Hell yeah. I think these things go way better when, like, Rhett is having the shit annoyed out of him. Really. I mean, yeah, that's, like, that's that's the real dynamic. Like, yeah. that's really sort of the heart and soul of the humor backbone of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really the only thing that holds it together. That and our top-notch segoois, like... <laughs> And ain't excellent, nobody, excellent ain't, bodily metaphors. Ain't nobody can segui like us. Not in this podcast in business. Not in this podcast in business. So let's go ahead and get things started. Ritz! Hi. What you been into? Uh, I had a headache for like a week. That was fun. I know. Well, I love headaches. Like when I <laughs> yeah. think, when I think, like man, sure would, you know, like of, of all the things that I love on this world, on this planet Earth, that whoever, you know, whatever cosmic being gave it to us, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more glad than anything that they gave us <laughs> headaches to go with it. Yeah, I can't think of anything better than headaches existing in this world. I mean, they're so useful Yeah, when they just don't go away for over a week. And they just kind of like, you can really yeah, do. they sit there the whole time just, you know, making your day infinitely worse. But yeah. You're, but you're thankful for it. You're thankful for that life experience. <laughs> Uh, and then we got a huge nor'easter on Tuesday that knocked the power out for like nine hours. Oh, you poor thing! However, did you survive? Took a nap. Oh, but I couldn't jerk off. But you couldn't jerk off. And that's like <laughs> the worst feeling in the world is when you you can't get off in the middle of a snowstorm because of your that's damage. so spe that's so specific. I know. <laughs> very specific. Very unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Whole things just falling apart. <laughs> you can see this trash fire getting bigger and bigger as it climbs over the horizon. What the podcast? Yes, <laughs> this entire thing. <laughs> I, I was just trying to do some how's your week bin stuff. I know, I know, or, I know. Okay, I know. <laughs> so I guess for me, okay, now it's media consumption time. Now it's all John yeah. wants to talk about. Yeah, I watched a lot more anime. <laughs> Oh, wow. A so whole I figured lot more. maybe recap some of the shows that mm -hmm. I talked about last time because they're coming to a close now. Mm -hmm. uh, so Dragon Maid. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a very cute and endearing show. Mm -hmm. And like the last couple episodes have really like kind of nailed down that, yes, this show is straight up about kind of having, having a daughter. Yay. Aww. I was getting real worried because some people were saying it was going yeah. to some pretty not-so-good places for a while. So the last few episodes are, have been super cute. It's really too bad there's a Lolicon episode in the middle. Oh. Uh, that really kind of fucks up the whole thing. Yeah, it's the, the uh. only reason that, like, like the creator of Yotsuba will never let an anime be made is because they know that that's what people will, like, the, the, the company will want to do with it. Mmm... 
In this case, though, this was a chapter that was in the manga originally. Mm. <laughs> so, like, right after I talked about the show last time, mm-hmm. like, after the first four episodes, I started hearing rumbling that, oh, chapter 29 in the manga is kind of fucked up. So I read it, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of fucked up. Uh-oh. Surely they'll just skip this one in the anime because the anime is so cute and pure, and then they didn't, and they almost kind of made it worse. And then it goes back to being super cute and normal afterwards. It's so weird. They're just like, oh, let's let's totally ruin this character, but oh, she's cute again. Good lord. So that show comes with a maybe skip episode. I think it's episode six. Mm, Warning. Is it? Does it progress anything? No, it's it's totally skippable. It's so. Out of character. Like, somebody wrote this because it's their fantasy. Yeah, probably. Mm. God, that's disappointing. But it sounds like like the rest of the show didn't carry on that, so that's actually really nice. That's what's so weird is that, yeah, it just is so out of character and then is kind of never referenced again. Mm -hmm. So that show, I want to like it, but, like, people are like, oh, this is so cute and pure and, oh... Like it's not perfect, but it's still pretty good, hmm. I guess. Cool. With with some massive red flags. With a little yeah. caveat there, right in the middle. Yeah, I really like those gifts of the one girl like eating all the things off of yeah. the ground and whatnot. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, she's. That's the heart and soul of your show, right there. Is that? It's yeah. really the heart and the soul of the backbone of the show. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was the other one? So, Gabriel Dropout, the show about angel girls and devil girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that show kind of started off really good and then has kind of petered off, I think. Mm. Where it's like, oh, once you kind of get past the character introductions, like, stop being quite as good. They don't really have much to kind of, like, build off of. Or they don't yeah. build off much from yeah. it. Yeah, and... it just kind of maybe gets into a routine, like, oh, you've all are friends now even though you should be antagonists basically yeah and then like a lot of the humor is oh it's angels and devils coming to earth so what are the last few episodes have been the whole story arc of them going back home and it's like this is dull and like for a show that's about character interactions as the humor Mm -hmm. they've been separated for like a couple episodes Ooh, and it's just mm -hmm. Always, you know, like you, you yeah. gotta have strong characters if you're gonna be yeah. if you're gonna pull a cast like that apart. Uh... Yeah. So it's it's still a good show, but like it's it's okay, I guess now by the end because gotcha. early, early on, one of the Devil Girls, Satania, was like carrying the entire show on her back, mm. and like ne- now that she's not kind of every scene, it's a lot less entertaining. Did you say Satania? Yeah. She's That's pretty a, funny. It's it's, uh, sa- it's Satan. Get it? Yeah, I get it. Uh, so then Konosuba. Oh, everybody's is... favorite abusive relationship anime. That show is so freaking good. And it finished up this week. It's only 10 episodes. I'm so sad. And now people are like, oh, season three never. Probably. I So apparently that show is actually the best selling show right now of the current season oh really but huh but that but that may be just because volume one is the one that comes with that crazy looking video game oh right so we still have that to look forward at the end of the month yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah that show is still like hilariously good right to the end i think season two might have even been better than season one cool i have no idea what this is i've never seen it before 
I've talked about it. He's this talked is... about this show like four or Konosuba. five times. Oh, okay, yeah. I Ex- Explosion Girl and memes, and this is the one with the girl who likes being tortured and beat up. She yeah. gets dragged. She gets. She volunteers to be dragged behind a cart. Okay, yeah, you talked about this last time. And then she gets off on it, like <laughs> that show. Okay, yeah, I this, remember it now. It's lunacy. Mm-hmm. And I saw this YouTube video kind of explaining, like, kind of doing a dissection of the comedy in that show and why it works. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, instead of putting the characters in funny situations, it's about making the characters themselves funny. Yeah. So that whatever situation they're in, it will just be naturally humorous. That's That's why Neptunia works. And then, yeah, so, like, I had this epiphany in the middle of this video going, everything he's saying applies to Neptunia as well. Yeah. Well, how like you have this central cast of four wacky characters, and then anything they do together will be funny. And I'm thinking how like Vert on her own isn't very funny. No, you put Vert and Blonde together, then it is. You've got a lot of you got a lot of funny potential there. Yeah, so I think Konosuba and Neptunia definitely have a similar humor style, just being over the top and ridiculous. And like, well, I think that it's of... just not even the fact that it's over the top and that it's ridiculous. It's just that the characters. Yeah. Yeah. are written in such a way that they're versatile enough to be funny mm-hmm. in any situation. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. you could put the Neptunia characters in a fucking western and it would work. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds so funny! Oh. It does. Yeah, I guess the over-the-top is more Konosuba is just... The girl gets off on being abused. It's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They're just idiot assholes that love each other. Because <laughs> everyone in the show is also so rotten. And yes, everybody in the show is a terrible, terrible person. Yeah. And, and and it just kind of revels in that kind of absurdity, which is yeah. like one of the one of the reasons I kind of want to give it a go. Because I like you it should. when when a show can own that shit. It's just like, yeah. yeah, everybody in this show is terrible, but here's why it works. Like Breaking yeah. Bad. Everybody in that show oh, is fucking <laughs> terrible. And it works because those characters and their interactions are what makes it work. Yeah, Breaking Bad is just hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's just like It is the such a funny show. <laughs> just like pure comedy gold, episode one to the final episode yeah. of the final season. Man, that big <laughs> Hank episode. I could not oh. stop laughing. <laughs> I think that's funny that you bring that up because, like, one, my weird anime journey recently watching just whatever, just some shows randomly, uh, we watched Snow White, which was basically a really nice show, but um, where, like, basically all the characters are kind of extremely functional and competent at everything. Mm -hmm. So they have, like, a nice, healthy, functional relationship and they address all their conflicts all these conflicts maturely and move on past them. Um, That's no fun at all. <laughs> that is so, like literally the exact opposite of Konosuba. <laughs> I know. I, I'm moving. Yeah. Uh, where that is Snow White. And it is weird because it's like so pleasant and you like all the people, but then like it winds up being like this super chill thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, like it's detriment maybe because everyone is so functional. Mm. And then we, and then we, had Toradora on loop just randomly. Oh. That's another show where everybody's pretty goddamn <laughs> dysfunctional. Where just everybody's fucked up, yeah. Yeah. Just everybody's a fucking mess. And yep. it's, Nobody's it's got their shit together. 
I always, like, I remember that show and when it was coming out and thinking, oh, it's just more Sundere garbage. I don't ever want to see this crap. And then someone got it for me for Christmas and I ended up totally enamored by it because it actually feels pretty fucking honest. Mm-hmm. So I actually ended yeah. up actually really liking Toradora, like, just, like, despite myself, really. Cool. That's kind of the weird vibe you get going into it. It's like, this is, what? It's, it has this a, is the like, same really flat garbage. And it's yeah. like, oh, what is this? And then, ha ha, oh, she beats up nice. the guy, ha ha, because uh-huh. uh, they have these weird, <laughs> dumb situations. And then it's just like, no, there's this really, like, big, weaved web of romantic things that are happening on top of school life which is already stressful and it's just like boy a lot of this is kind of really uncomfortable how are these people even remotely keeping it together (laughs) and then it turns out they're they're not yep and then they Uh, will just like there's that fight with the main girl mm -hmm. and the um class president that was just like oh shit this is actually was fucking yeah this feels bad and intense, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, I felt voyeuristic in a way watching some parts of that show where, you know, yeah. characters are kind of revealing their true natures or their true feelings or coming to big discoveries. And it's like, oh, I kind of feel real weird here. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, I thought that was, it's funny how that kind of coincides with this combo also. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I watched one more show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's not quite finished airing yet, but it is airing right now. It's called... So, speaking of shows with well-adjusted normal people as characters, uh, the show is called Kuzu no Honkai, which translates to Scum's Wish. This is what I, I was wondering. This is what I thought oh, you were yeah. about. Oh, yeah. I'm really okay. interested in this. I've heard of this. Oh, boy. This Tell me about, show... it. Tell me about it. So, it's a story of a high school girl who has a crush on her teacher. Mm-hmm. And then a high school boy who has a crush on one of his female teachers. Mm-hmm. And the kind of unrequited love thing, and they like they can't confess because it's a teacher and all. And they're going to so the work bo- together. So the high school boy and girl decide, let's just kind of fool around with each other and <sighs> think about the people we actually like. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of this love square thing at yeah. the start, and then it immediately starts ratcheting on like all these other side characters, and it just turns into a goddamn mess very quickly this is definitely a, the, the, yeah this could turn into a big mess this is not a situation that is very healthy to engage with no not at I'm all like, i'm just watching this like oh my god like you want to like scream at every character the entire you show. are like, making every you're... single wrong decision you yeah. possibly could right now <laughs> and Despite that being the initial premise, so I watched a lot of, you know, Yuri shows mm-hmm. uh-huh. in, in the winter and so, and, uh, like, was it, uh, the one about euphoniums and then flip flappers. Yeah. Turns out mm-hmm. this show actually has the most intense Yuri action. Fucking <laughs> really? This is what I was wondering, was what, what, was that, I knew the show had a bunch of fucked up people and I didn't know yeah, there's also if it was gay. Lesbian. There, gotcha. There, there's one lesbian girl and. Also, it's not fucking... a great person. Oh no! <laughs> everyone is using everyone, and they just—they're just all so damn horny. They just can't keep it in their pants at all. <laughs> Sounds kind of lovely, actually. Uh, yeah. 
Like it's, I would watch it just because I know it would squick me out. Like kind of yeah. like when you're wa- when we were watching Watamote. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh. man, this is like I'm 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 choosing to subject myself to this very real thing that I have felt in my life before. <laughs> okay, Yay! let's try. <laughs> I would say this is less cringe than that show, but maybe that just all depends on your own yeah, life I would, experiences. Yeah, I would think that just depends largely. Because then, because for me, I'm just like kind of like I guess the ideal ending for this show would be for everyone to end up alone because they deserve it. They kind of like, deserve it to take some self reflection. But then, of course, I really ended up liking the lesbian girl, and I'm just like, oh, now I'm going to get my heart broken because this isn't going to work out for anybody no, involved. This, if it does, I want to know how they and, pull that shit off. I'm pretty close to the end because it hasn't finished airing yet. Mm-hmm. If it goes where I think it feels like that would be totally unearned, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, well, that's, you get that a lot in anime of unearned endings, really. Yeah. So that show is, it's an interesting thing. It definitely sounds like it. I was surprised both of you had heard of it because I haven't really seen much talk about it. Yeah, a couple myself. people on my timeline have been talking about it, and it, was just, yeah. it definitely sounded like a show full of real shitty people, yeah. but but like in a totally different way than Konosuba is. Cool. Oh yeah, because because this is set in you know the real yeah, world. yeah this is a real world like people have done this shit before kind yeah. of thing, and yeah they 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 horny as hell yeah yeah, yeah. it is. I was so, in more it, more than a few unhealthy high school relationships. <laughs> believe me. Yeah. With a teacher, though, I don't. Not know. with a teacher, no, <laughs> no. There was one teacher I really, really had the hots for, though. Oh, really? Yeah, but she was like eighteen as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she was yeah, like one of those like. Sense. She was one of those really, really gifted kids going through school. And uh-huh. then she ended up being able to be a teacher at 18. But they wow. never let her have a classroom. <laughs> so she had to, like, push around, like, this big dumb desk all through the hall and shit. And <laughs> she was just this cute, adorable girl. It was just like, huh, that's a teacher, yeah? <laughs> what up, Miss Bledsoe? You rock. <laughs> so... John! Wait a minute. I want to piggyback. I want to piggyback yeah, okay. on the anime thing. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, go for it. Uh, last Saturday, me and some oh, friends... Oh, 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 Me and some friends sat down and we watched the first ten episodes of Your Lie in April. Oh, cool! Boy, I feel like uh, that show's slowly starting to try and twist the knife in me. <laughs> Yay! I got, I got feelings about it, but I'm not going to say what they are because I can't remember exactly what Rhett said about this show because I do remember him talking about it quite a bit. Uh, but but we're gonna be watching the last uh, eleven episodes tomorrow night. So then I get to yell at Rhett and be like, "Hey Rhett, guess what? This is terrible. Why did I do this to myself?" It's probably why I'm gonna probably what I'm gonna be asking at the end of all of this. How did you end up just? Was it because it's on Netflix? Um, no, uh, a friend of mine was using Rabbit, and oh, he was streaming it from his Crunchyroll account to other people uh, in a in a chat room they could watch. Kind of like how we're going to try and get a, an anime night thing set yeah. up with Deno Coil. Yes. Excellent. I know how it works now. So cool. I know how I know how to set that up. But yeah, um uh, like I, I, right. I we've already really talked we've already talked about uh your lie in April already on the show so yeah. I, and I haven't I, finished I'm, it. So 
I'm just glad somebody else is giving it a shot because I know John and Raquel like watched episode one and then never anything else. Oh, I was like, come on, guys. Episode one is kind of a like that's kind of setting the stage. Yeah, like that show really, really goes places in a matter of just a few more episodes. Like there's some psychological shit in there that is just like, oh, oh, I didn't expect (laughs) that. Mm -hmm. And then like right as coming off. I think we were coming off of Wolf's Reign, and Anna was feeling very susceptible to anything kind of at all, reeking of, like, dude angst. Oh, this is nothing like that. This is not like Wolf's Reign. Cool. No, 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 no. This is just a really uh, interesting psychological story that has, you know, some of that high school setting. I mean, there's probably a little angst in there, more than likely. Yeah, but it's but not like it's not the I own all women kind of angst kind of bullshit that Wolf the world Serena's is resting on my shoulders. I am my quest is so important. <laughs> yeah, man, Wolf yeah. is so bad. I'm really glad that I can <clears throat> have folks that resonated with that because then I had a bunch. They released some big set, so I saw a bunch of people like. Oh, remember how great the show was, and I was like, I watched it again, y'all. It's, it's so not good though. No, it's it's really not. It's perfect at being what it is, and what it is is bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like Elfin Lead. You know it's bad, but but it's uh, it's it's. I have a special place in my heart for that shitty show. Oh, I like. <laughs> I still like Elfin Lead. Hey, okay. Hey Polly. Yo. Remember when we made fucking we AMPs made to Elfin Lead? <laughs> To Elfin Lead. We were, we were both 12 much, years old. We were both 12 years old in 2006. At least Elfin Lead has, like, proactive women <laughs> in the story. <laughs> oh, my God. Most of them die, though. But most people in that show die. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see where uh, the rest of this show goes. Because it's, still, like, definitely the stinger that you're left with at the end of uh, episode 10 was just, like... Oh, look, he's fine. Oh, no. He's not advancing <laughs> yeah, at all. Oh, maybe not. Is he really God, maybe advancing th- That made me think all? of Shin Sakaiori episode 10. Oh, God. <sighs> Go watch Shin Sakaiori, everybody. That show's real good. That show's real good. Like, once a week, it's just like, whoa. That show just fucking stabbed through my being <laughs> forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Life is good. Anime is good. Yeah, anime, anime can be good. Can be good. It, can, it has the potential. They make so much of it that it's kind of the 10% rule is really yeah. generous. <laughs> yeah. 10% is way too generous. Mm-hmm. All right, John. You can, you can go now, John. I finished Final Fantasy 15. And? Uh, I fucking loved it. I uh, I yeah, I kind of thought so. <laughs> yeah, it really connected with me. I think it's very good and nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Just, yeah, and I both, like, gosh, the end, and I was just, all right, so when did, when did you cry? Oh, God, yes. The last, oh. like, two hours of that game were insane. Yeah. Um, is there a specific moment you can tell, you can tell me vague, uh, in vague terms? I mean, that, I talked about it kind of vaguely before, that cut back to the Final Fantasy fifteen logo. Oh, forgot about that. That. <laughs> was really good. I, I, I tweeted after the fact, like, oh, you could cut that part out. <laughs> I was like, what? That's funny. That was the whole... I thought that was just a, kind of a crazy wraparound. That's funny. Yeah, I, looking through the 
album right before the entering the last room was when I just started weeping, basically. Oh, yeah. That made me feel good. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy XV is very good. It's very, it's real weird how it just stops being an open world game. <laughs> it's super weird. Or something. It's kind of like it's, it's kind of like a backwards Final Fantasy thirteen where it really is. Final Fantasy thirteen goes full open world in its back half, and then this sounds like it goes full Final Fantasy thirteen in the back half. I mean, you're literally on a train for a lot of it. Oh, good lord! Like it's so like meta literal, being linear. <laughs> Train oh, parts no. are really good, but it's I, lo- I love the train part. <laughs> I love all of it. Yeah, shit. Yeah. I really love all of that game. When it when it is the on roller coaster Final Fantasy Thirteen ride, it's real good at being that thing. Yeah, it's basic. And then when it's chill out, just driving with your boys, getting gas when you need to. Hey, look at that crystal tower over there in the distance. Maybe we'll go there someday. Right yeah. now, it's just you and your boys driving down the road maybe you'll get somewhere in like five minutes who cares you can fast travel but you don't wanna you just want to be with your boys yeah, and then it's I that think... for and it's that for the first half and that's amazing so really it's it's just that it's two really good things kind of bolted together really yeah. awkwardly <laughs> yeah like that could that game be anything else though like when it's, you look at yeah, how it came together but... I have it no says idea. Final Fantasy right on the box that you know it's going to be a little weird. Yeah. Yep. It just feels like this is a thing that was made over ten years. They had to violently change the story yeah. multiple times throughout development. Yeah. And also, it they needed to get it out the fucking door because they'd spend a billion dollars on it. They needed to start making money. So some things came together a little awkward, and that makes that's total honestly sense to, me. to just be expected. Yep. It makes total sense. I don't mind because I felt like the story held together. Like, yeah. shockingly coherent and cohesive to me. Like, maybe it's because I was just coming off of, like, Final Fantasy, the last mainline FF I played was 8? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And this just, say, like... This makes it, a lot more sense to me than 8 ever did. Yeah, it introduces characters and pays them off. And it introduces story threads and it pays them off. And when it wraps up, it feels very neat and tidy. And then it wraps up some more and then it wraps up some more. And then it's over. It's very nice. Um, I feel like I felt like what I told Anna while playing it was um, that I feel like if this game fulfills the promise of its title drop, basically, then it's good. And it definitely does. That's was awesome. My- yeah. God. Yeah, Final Fantasy's cool. I want to go back to Lightning Returns, but my controller's not working with the software I have, so I had to like figure oh. out something to do. Um, so that inspired me to boot up Momodora, but I only a little ways into that, so I want to hold that off. Well, it looked like you were halfway through because that game is only you know yeah that game is pretty hours. sure. You I was thinking about it, finishing yeah. it today before the podcast, but I didn't have time. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, Bummer. but I haven't gotten to meet really meaty story sections yet, so I don't. There's not really much to talk about besides it being real pretty and playing really, really fucking well and guiding me through the world really smoothly. I like that there's, it's just kind of doing everything right. Mm-hmm. It makes a real great first impression and keeps up that. It vibe. just maintains that throughout. Yeah, it's and it seems and the fact that it seems to be short is a very big plus. Yeah, yeah, because those games can wear out their welcome real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's cool that Final Fantasy is good now. Yeah, I'm like, happy yeah. that Final like people like look at Final Fantasy again and think, hey, that's a that's a great thing. 
Yeah. Lightning Returns kicks ass. It seems like basically everyone seems to love 14 who's into that yeah. kind of um, The, the turnaround for 14 remains to be insane. And That's like, one of the even... best stories, I think, in gaming ever. Yeah. It's just how they turned Final Fantasy 14 around from a complete dumpster fire into yeah. what it is now. I mean, it kind of feels like they may have done that for 15 behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Over over 10 years. Probably. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, and it was really touching. And yeah, it's funny that, that there's kind of that narrative that I think was common in a lot of our circles for a little while. That I think, you know, Final Fantasy thirteen came out and it wasn't good in a lot of ways, and then kinda of had that like, oh, this is dead. It's just like Sonic, it's dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean then, I mean Pat wrote an article called The Fall Rise and Fall of Final Fantasy and he that's, ended with that's 13, what I'm so. yes. Yeah, he yeah. ended with thirteen. <laughs> We might get him to check out 14 and 15. I don't know, but I'm not going to hold my breath on that, folks. I think I don't think that's a... Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't hold my breath there. Um, but then, yeah, the, like the 13 sequels are nice. Lightning Returns is, like, great. Mm-hmm. And then 14's good, 15's good. I'm like... Yeah, I'm like... I, I finished that. I was like, oh, I'm really excited for Final Fantasy 16 someday. <laughs> someday. In 20 years. Yeah. <gasps> God, I wanna... it kind of drives me nuts though that fourteen and eleven get proper numbers even though they're online games. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's so weird when you look back and it's like, oh, fifteen. What was the last single player one? Okay, thirteen, twelve, ten. 10. Like, yeah, you it's... start skipping a lot. Mm-hmm. Not to mention yeah. that like those games can and likely will end up lost to history because of their nature, and then like you've got these two big ass holes right in the middle of like a storied yeah. franchise. Yeah, um, I mean, you know what's even you know what, you know what drives me feels makes me feel worse though is Dragon Quest Ten because it's the tenth one. Like, yeah, like, and, that's like uh, your whatever. big number. That's your milestone. But I'm never going to play Dragon Quest One through Ten. I'm never going to play Dragon Quest Ten. No. Ten is gone to me forever, <laughs> and that number has been stolen from me. I but eleven I can deal without having eleven but ten, Dragon yeah. Quest X. Ugh. Yeah, like that. That that was just a weird, weird decision on their behalf. I think. Yeah, it kind of seems like with Dragon Quest, they kind of like made a bunch of them real quick, mm-hmm. like one through five or something, and then they changed developers, and then it was like, all right, we kind of said a lot of what we needed with these five games, so now we're going to release them like once every five years, ten years. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and, or, yeah, so it's working for them, but I'm yeah. excited for Dragon Quest Eleven. But I wish it was Dragon Quest Ten. Well, you can, you can uh, pretend, like, what you do is you yeah. just, you just, like, you, you Photoshop new box art. <laughs> you just make the eleven into a ten. That's is ten the do. Wii U one? That's like yeah. online. Yeah. It's Did it even it never got localized. Nope. No. Oh my god! What a fucking shit show. It apparently wasn't. Believe it or not, the Dragon Quest MMO was pretty grindy. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, there was a podcast me and Rhett used to listen to, um, and they were all up on it. Uh, Remember that dude, Richard Eisenbeis? Yeah. Big in Japan, the, that guy. That's a funny last that's a fun last name. Like Eisenbeis. Eisenbeis. Yeah, it's a pretty good name. Yeah. Um, I'm here to ice and to bice. What's what is the <laughs> verb? What what verb does bice represent? <laughs> Punching. 
punching. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> to bice you in your fucking face. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> bice derived from M. Bison. Sure, uh, Red. Sure, oh. Red. Keep digging. I was, trying to, I was trying to find a word that had bice in it, like concise, combice. <laughs> yeah, combice. <laughs> Polly! Yo! What's up to? I. Played a video game. You might have heard of it. You might you might have heard some people talk about this game because it is the next entry in a storied franchise. It's pretty big. You hear a lot of people talk about, um, you know, some of the previous game. And um, well, uh, I played the new Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> the new Ratchet and Clank on PS4. It's um. It's uh, based on the movie? That, that came out, right? Yeah, it did. It's on Netflix now. I haven't watched it because apparently it's not very good. Oh, okay, because, yeah, that might explain why the story of the new Ratchet & Clank game is not very good. Ratchet & Clank, the movie, the game. Yeah, Ratchet... Like, they have all of the, the, the inroads they would need to make this real... A real funny, dumb thing to just keep playing on the fact that this is the game about a movie... But the, all they do is they just like play it so straight that like the like all of the cutscenes are just from the movie. Yeah. And that's... like all of the progression is just like so you're taking this like you're taking very small bits and pieces mind you of a 90 minute movie or so and you're just kind of making them the connecting thread of a video game very just kind of loosely kind of just stapled together a little bit and man it's just so underwhelming because like you don't really get any of that like like the ratchet and clank games are genuinely funny because they're really well written and i'm i'm betting that like the movies probably got some funny to it as well but these kind of work well because they kind of play on that whole like the, the the games usually play on that whole video game thing of we we're kind of aware that we're a video game without explicitly saying it. Um, but basically, like all of the interactions and stuff in this game just kind of boils down to everybody just barking at you to go places. It's like I need you to go to blah 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 and do the blah blah blah. It's like that's it. Like like this is supposed to be your origin story and it was already told way better in the first game. It's like yeah, it's like yeah, I don't really want to play that first game anymore because it's kind of really hard to go back to, but it's like still a better origin story than like the big budget one you just put out and like oof. oof. And it's like this feels like Diet Ratchet and Clank, really. Like, uh, really? Like, like, when you move into, like, the gameplay and stuff, because, like, this just kind of feels like a weird, like, eight-hour vertical slice of what an actual Ratchet and Clank game is. Because there's, like, there's not a whole lot of weapons. There's not a lot of maps. Like, everything's smaller. Like, there's no interplanetary travel. Like, you don't actually fly your ship, but, like once or twice and that's like in mission on planets you don't like you know set course for your next planet like you have in that series for a long time now it's just go to your ship pick a menu a cutscene plays and you fly off to the next planet it's like and, yeah. and it's that's really like, lame it really is it's like one of like the weirdest things for me though was just like how 
like, like all of the power-ups you get from ability in these games, like, by the end of the game, like, they're making you use them all. It's like, oh, you've got grind boots, and you've got hover skates, and you've got a grappling hook, and you can use all of these things by the end of a Ratchet and Clank game. And then, so... I'm I'm about I don't know halfway through the game and I'm I'm not like like not exactly blowing my skirt up here. It's just kind of like yeah they've they've managed to do the impossible I thought and made a pretty boring Ratchet and Clank game and then suddenly I got the jetpack. Oh, jetpacks are fun, right? You get to rock it around the big levels and stuff, and then even though the levels are smaller, hey, yeah. I've got a lot more freedom now. So, like, I finish up what I'm supposed to do on this planet. I've got a big shine in my eyes. I'm ready to go back and just, like, hey, let's go find some stuff that I didn't find earlier. So I hop back in my ship, go back, you know, a couple planets. It's like, go to, pre like, run forward and immediately fall off the ledge. <laughs> what? And I was pressing the jetpack button. But I don't have the jetpack oh. anymore because the jetpack is limited to just the stage it was found in. No. For the whole rest of the game? You get to use the jetpack one more time in oh my God. Uh, versus the final boss, which is really bad. Oh, yeah, all of the enemy designs and just, like, there's no inspired enemy design here at all. Like, even though... Most Ratchet and Clank enemies in those games are just fodder for you to yeah. maim and destroy. <laughs> There's like I I like they still felt like there was a lot of character behind them in some way with those previous games. Like I go, I keep going back to a crack in time because I think that's probably the best Ratchet and Clank game, and uh -huh. it's just so my like everything just kind of feels like a reskin of everything else like it's just like oh okay usually like different planets would have different enemies but now it's just oh okay i've been fighting these same enemies now for six and a half hours <laughs> boy oh Man. boy and the only way they like ratcheted up uh uh ratcheted uh, up uh, ah you saw what i like did it's there it's a real clanker boom boom quality content right here on your friends at the socks cast uh the only way they ratchet up is just like you know make the battle arenas a little bigger oh there's no battle arena in this game either which is a staple of the series so there's no like challenge Jeez. like where you go in and like you know kill off eight waves of enemies without getting hit there's nothing like that in this game it's so stripped bare of anything that makes those previous games good that is so weird. It sounds like what I heard from people is that like it's a remake of the original game, but then they didn't actually remake all of it. Like yeah, there's some they, levels that weren't in, yeah, like in this they're one missing, that are in the original. They're missing like thirty to forty percent of that original game. What the fuck happened? They had to tie it to the narrative of the movie. And they didn't ah. want and they didn't want to invest any more money in trying to create connective tissue for things that weren't just directly in the movie. And can I just say that every time it went to a fucking cutscene, every time I got the pop-up telling me that recording has been disabled, oh, I hate that. would you fucking stop it? Like, I get it. I know. Stop it. And it's just because of the dumb movie. Like, yeah. just because it's dumb shit from the movie. But, like, on top of that, like, oh, okay, like, yeah, the final boss was utter garbage. I went over that. It's just, like... But, on top of that, I ran into a 
pretty significant number of bugs, or at least bugs that I felt really fucked up my experience even more and made me just even more eager to get rid of the damn thing, was that um, I ran into like a lot of the problem you see in a lot of modern games, like scripts just not occurring. Like you'll go like where you're supposed to go and something that's scripted to happen would just not happen. Reload the checkpoint. That's not good enough. I had to completely (laughs) close the application and open the application, reload the entire game again to get that to work. Then there was another one where an NPC was supposed to be somewhere, and he wasn't. Never showed up. I had to fucking kill the app again. And like, and I didn't know that I was doing anything wrong until I looked it up. It's like, what am I supposed to fucking do? I've been running around this planet 20 minutes. It's small as fuck. There's no way I could miss him. And say, like, oh no, the NPC just didn't load. Uh, and then wow. there were, uh, I had a lot of issues with the weapon wheel just not working. Like I would go to switch to a weapon and it wouldn't switch. And I would do this like two or three times and it would be like, it's trying to load the next weapon. And then it just never would. So I'd be standing there like an idiot hammering on my fire button on a <laughs> weapon that I was trying to switch away from because it has no more ammo. Oh, so that was God. What the hell happened to this game? That was real fun. Oh, and then like uh, at uh, two major points of the game, grind rails just stopped working. Mm. This uh, also happened during the final boss. Before uh. you, before you can do the final boss, there's a big grind rail <laughs> portion, and they're doing this big build up, and you're supposed to feel something that's not complete and utter disappointment, and they're almost there. Go and jump on the rails. He stands there and falls off. Load my next life. Stands there, falls off. Oh! So I have to kill the application one more time to go fight the final boss, which is just a pain in the ass because he takes 18 hours to kill. Because he's got like... He's got like 80 billion hit points and he can heal. So that's always good. And you've got bosses that can heal, and you've got to keep like running around the arena with your jetpack to to refuel your jetpack as well as hopefully get ammo for the weapons that are effective versus the boss because the weapon drops are random. So it's like great, like what am I gonna do with like five more Groovatrons when there is no ground (laughs) at all and the boss is not going to dance? Thanks, game. This doesn't sound like a good game, Polly. It's not a good game, and man, I remember when I booted it up, and it was uh, you know people saw I was starting to play, and they were like, "Oh man, oh man, you're you're for such a good time." It's like, <laughs> did you guys just like not play a crack in time? Because that game's really good and really funny, yeah. and pretty expansive. I this... haven't heard people complain. Is this? Uh, do do people like like this? Oh yeah, like when I took like Weird. the first screenshot from my ps4 people saw me playing it like i had like almost immediately like five or six people like, oh you're in for such a good time I'm like no i wasn't <laughs> not at all oh god and the clank portions of this game are god awful too it's just like man like you got three kinds uh like like there are these platforms that can be reprogrammed and like so you uh-huh. pick them up and you can program it into a bridge a spring uh, or a power coil to power doors. And so they build puzzles around these. 
And all of the solutions are built around making you do them in the longest possible fucking manner. One of them took me like eight minutes to set up when I knew exactly what I needed to do. It was just a lot of back and forth and go recollect this one, throw it up there, jump back down, grab one from a platform earlier, hover back over. It's so, ugh. Man, like I said, I didn't think that it was possible to make a really dry, boring, lifeless Ratchet and Clank game. Because I just, even when they weren't that great, I still found things to enjoy about them. But this is just like, this felt so joyless and uninspired to me. Like, I just did not enjoy it at all. Man, like I'd heard this one was maybe kind of mediocre, but not this bad. That's crazy. Yeah, like, that's weird. I mean, that's like nuts. maybe I'm just looking at it from you know, like somebody who really likes the highs of that series. Maybe I'm just looking at it from that perspective a little too much. But this just feels like a bad licensed game. Like they kind of got the idea of what a Ratchet and Clank game is. It's like, well, uh, you got a weapon wheel. We got that in there. You got a you got a you got a grappling hook. Okay, we got that in there. We're just ticking some boxes. We're gonna make a video game out of this. Don't you worry, guys. We got it. Got a jetpack? Got a jetpack? Mm. Oh, well, we better not let the player have that outside of that level, because if we do, then they'll know how small these maps really are, and they're <laughs> pretty boring. We'll have to compile, like, ceiling, collision, textures, and ah, I can't, can't really, not really want to bother with that. It was just so weird, because there was nothing there that even told me, oh, you don't have the jetpack anymore. I just run forward and fall off. God. It's like my entire experience with the game summed up. It's just like, reach a new planet, hoping for something great, because I, I got my new toy, the thing that's going to make this game fun for me, and then plop, just die. Ratchet and Clank 2016 isn't good. You want to hear something crazy? Yeah, I do. This game has an 85 Metacritic. Cool. That's really high. What did I do wrong? And then the user on Metacritic, the user score is 8.7, but there are more mixed and negative reviews for it than the critics are all positive, basically. Man, I, just, I don't understand how you go from playing a crack in time to thinking this is a good Ratchet and Clank game. Maybe so they, weren't there some real middling ones in the middle there, like the online thing or something? Oh, yeah, like, there were definitely some middling Ratchet and Clank games, but the PS3 games across the board are great. Tools of Destruction, Quest for Booty, um, and, and Kraken Todd, like, those games are, like, all three of them are good. Yeah, but what was after a Kraken Todd? I'm looking, uh... Uh, Nexus. Full Frontal Assault. Ne yeah, Enter, Enter the, the Nexus. Nexus. That was like the four-player thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of as like an online thing. Yeah, I think there was like the four-player thing, and then there was Enter the Nexus, which was a shorter Ratchet and Clank game, kind of based on that same engine. Yeah. I think it goes something like that, but I kind of skipped those. But like the yeah. three mainline games in that series on the PS3 are just fucking solid as shit. I remember when after a crack in time, they were like, yep, we're not doing 60 FPS anymore. And I'm like, oh, you guys are done. Yeah, that's another thing. It does lose a bit of its, I don't know. There's a, there's a sort of punchiness that that series has at 60 frames a second. Yeah. Uh, and not having that smooth. in this new one, it just kind of doesn't look and feel quite right. 
And that's mm-hmm. the only time that I've ever actually complained that much <clears throat> about uh, 60 frame, the, the big 60 frames per second debate. is because I could yeah. give a fuck less most of the time. Uh, but I think that like this game not being 60 frames a second really does rob it of something. There's something real crisp missing in it, and it's just like, yeah, man, I'm sorry, folks. Everybody that told me this was a real good game when I was getting into it, I just found it boring and middling, and all it made me want to do is play a crack in time, which I did. <laughs> I went and played. Yeah. I went. I went back and just threw in a crack in time and played through some of the like played through a little more of that. I was just like, okay, yeah, okay, I. I, I've, I'm right. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good now. I'm good now. And I went back and replayed a bit of the first Ratchet and Clank too, just because I was like, now I know, like, you know, like I know that this story was told way better, and just in like the first three or four areas of that game, it's like, oh yeah, this is way better. That's because it's spo- really you know. disappointing. And, but hey, if you enjoy it and that's your thing, rock on. But you're you know you're wrong. <laughs> it just sounds like a license. Like, yeah, it, I've only, like, I remember the licensed Star Wars game on, like, Xbox or something for Star Wars 3. Yeah. And it just had live-action clips from the movie as the cutscenes. Yeah. I was like, really? Uh, and it's just, like, the, the writers of these games and the voice actors, they're all so good. And it's just, like, to turn out this is so disappointing when you've got a crack in time. And I'm going to keep going back to a crack in time because... That's the game people should be playing again, because, cool. like, I know Rhett can back me up. That game's fucking good. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, so there's that big old disappointing mess. Rhett, mm-hmm. I hope you got something to, to lift my spirits up. Uh, so, just because you mentioned it, I remember at the very end of a crack in time, mm-hmm. there's a grind section there. Mm-hmm. And I remember it just, like, not working for me once as well. Really? Oh, just, like, that's a bummer. Aww. But, like, it fixed itself, but it was just, like, I died a couple times. Like, I'm pressing jump, right? And it's just not, oh, okay, there it goes. But, like, yeah, nothing like you're describing. Yeah, like this, one. he would just, like, land on the rail, and it would be like he was on flat ground. Like, his feet would be, like, outside of the rail, and then he would just fall oh, through geez. it. Oh, jeez. Like, okay, thanks, game. That, wonderful. Like, I don't know how, like, I guess I'm playing a different <laughs> version of the game than everybody else got, because I don't yeah. see anybody talking about this, the kind of shit that I had. Yeah, did you, did you install the day one patch as your PS4 online? Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm, there was a big patch when I went to I play mean, it. Yeah, so. every game has fucking huge patches now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, video games. Video games. So, last week I talked about Hollow Knight, which is amazing, and you should, all should play it. I definitely yeah. will. I definitely and will. So, I, I did a second playthrough of that game because there's a speedrun achievement. Oh. That's like, the speedrun achievements are like, beat the game in under 10 hours and then the other one is beat the game in under five hours Ooh. And, and apparently originally like digging through the files i guess people saw that they originally were going to be six hours and three hours oh lord so but then knowing that game and knowing exactly where to go i got very close to the end of the game in like two hours 10 minutes on my save file oh shit and then there's a locked door <gasps> very very close to the like the final third thing that you need oh no and not only do i not have the money because you actually have to pay kind of souls equivalent to open these doors Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not only did i not have enough because i died i had zero at that time even though i could see the door the thing my character couldn't see it because it's in a dark area and i 
so I'd have to buy the lantern that costs like 1800 which is actually a ton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of got blue-balled right at the end of this run. Oh, that like, really go- sucks. It really sucks. I mean, like, do you feel that, like, it was just bad management on your part? Or do you feel that, like, that's it, kind of I bad mean, design? A little bit of both, I think, because, like, now that I know, you're not going to make that mistake twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what was really frustrating was looking at, like, these one-hour speedruns mm. and going, like, well, what do you guys do there? And then, oh, there's a clip in the game. Oh, man. So everyone else is just clipping p- past this part. You know? It's like, oh, I just want to play the game normally, you know? You see, that's the mm-hmm. thing. Like, I love speedruns, and I love the speedrunning community. But, like, yeah. a lot of the time, like, when... like Because, like, the Dust and Elysian Tail Run is fucking oh my boring. God, it's it's just all out of bounds shit that's just like yeah like that game's mechanics are fun to engage with like why not do a glitchless run on the hardest difficulty because that would be that like that would impress me yeah because that game could be real fucking hard if it wants to be yeah so apparently hollow knight has some out of bounds glitch too and it's just like oh that's like they don't even use it a ton it's just like two rooms and this happened to be one of them because of this, but that's basically that... what that whole speed run will be once that game yeah. is older. Like if that game is at a GDQ, I mean, you're going game... to be watching an out of bounds run. I mean, probably yeah, because like the speed run is already like an hour or something. Mm-hmm. I think they've already got it down under an hour. Uh-huh. And this was like a week after release or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm sure it'll get continued to be optimized. So it's like maybe that door just shouldn't be there so that other people, because it's like. It's in a dark area where I had to like go on my other save file and just walk through this room a couple times to kind of with get, the lantern yeah. to kind of memorize where the spikes are and then I go through it on the dark file and it's just like oh well it's doable but you're you're not gonna get there normally on a casual first playthrough without the lantern uh-huh so it's just like why is there a door there just to be like fuck you yeah mm. that's that's it's, that would take the wind out of it's, my sails yeah. So I do plan on doing like a low percent run, and apparently the lantern actually doesn't count as a percentage. Oh, I know. So I can get, so I can get it and then be fine. You should do a video. Oh, I, see, I don't want to spoil the game because it's so new. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. like after I play it, I'll watch it. Yeah. yeah. I saw Northern Lion actually started playing Hollow Knight today. Oh, did he? Channel. Oh, did yeah. He? So th- that's that'll cool. get the game some exposure. Oh yeah, definitely. That's new. That's good. It's funny, I was thinking that game missed a huge opportunity by not being on the Nintendo Switch at launch. Because mm-hmm. like, everyone was talking about everything for that system when it came out. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, I haven't heard anybody actually talk about playing uh, the new Shovel Knight expansion. Yeah, I know, that's so weird. Because everyone's just playing Zelda. Yeah, like Zelda is the only, th- like, the only thing, the only other game I've seen anybody play, and it's just because I watch Big John, is that he played Blaster Master Zero. Yeah, that's the oh, like that and Snipper Clips are the only games that I've actually seen people play. It's like, dude, Shovel Knight is awesome. Why are you not playing this awesome new expansion? I mean, probably because if they just wait a month, they get it for yeah. free on other platforms. Which I'm very excited mm-hmm. about. Yeah, but is oh yeah, even, even Blaster Master wasn't launched. No, it wasn't, it wasn't. Day one. It was day one in Japan, but not in America. Yeah. That's all yeah, I think about it. The only the only person I've heard talk about Shovel Knight is um, Nick Robinson. He said, "I mm-hmm. think this is probably my favorite one yet." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I saw him uh, say something about cool. it. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I'm trying but, to like stay I as mean, blind I... to it as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that everyone is playing Zelda, but it's just crazy. I've seen nothing about Shovel Knight. It's just like, oh, so maybe Hollow Knight would have gotten kind of ignored if it had been there at launch. Yeah. So might, hopefully, might get, might get some like weird, like naming competition stuff going too, since they both you know very Shovel, similar names. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just hope that game, like, if it comes out on Switch in like three months, mm-hmm. it gets some attention because it really deserves it. Mm-hmm. So cool. after, it sounds like it's destined to be a SoxCast approved game. Definitely. Yeah, I, I hope so. Yes. So after finishing that, though, I was just kind of like, oh, my my queue of games I want to play, I'm, I'm kind of empty again. Yeah, not empty. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. So I did something crazy. Oh, no. I hooked my Nintendo Wii back up. You did what? What? So a long time, well, not not a long time ago, but when when Pikmin three came out on mm-hmm. the Wii U, I was like, "That looks neat. I'll buy Pikmin two on the Wii," and mm-hmm. then never played it. <laughs> Those games are really cute. So like, what was that? Two thousand nine? God, it was like no, it's not that old. No, I think it's like twenty ten, twenty eleven, something like that. So yeah, I picked up Pikmin two mm-hmm. like kind of out of the blue because it was just like every summer i hook up the wii and fit will be like i'm gonna play those last few games i have for it this is the fine this is the time that i finally finished xenoblade (laughs) oh well xenoblade i'm playing on emulator so oh right right. (laughs) but like it took me like three or four summers to get through no more heroes yeah which is crazy which is crazy because that game's short (laughs) yeah it's literally like 13 fights I know, but I, if you do three a year, yeah. <laughs> it just really is like you're just really just trying to buy all the time in the world so that you can get fucking No More Heroes three at launch, and it'll be like you're coming right off two. <laughs> oh, I forgot. They, yeah, I forgot they announced that. I never finished two, even though the mini games are way better in that one. They're way better, and like the combat and bosses are way better in that one too. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I picked up Pikmin 2, finally, after owning it for, like, since Pikmin 3 came out. Mm-hmm. And that game's cute. Oh, no. Here comes the other I mean, shoe. There's not really another shoe, but it's just kind of like how John will play a game and get halfway through and be like, yeah, I'm good. I've seen everything. Yeah, like, yeah. if there's anything I can criticize Pikmin for, it's that once you've kind of gone through and gotten, like, 10, 12 ship pieces or something... You've kind of seen most of what that game does. Yeah. So in this game, you're you're debt collecting. Like yeah. You're ten thousand money in debt, and I've gotten up to five thousand, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm halfway. But I've seen all the Pikmin types, I think, because mm-hmm. I think there's like fire, yellow, lightning, and blue water, mm-hmm. and then I guess the new ones in this, I'm assuming, are the white poison ones, and then the purple heavy lifters. Yeah. Because they're kind of handled differently, so I'm like, were these ones not in the original game? Mm, and then it's also a while. I haven't played them in a while. Yeah, it's also kind of weird where like the white and purple ones are way harder to get. Yeah. And then if I have a bad incident and they all die, it's like, Whoops. oh, now I've just got none. Now great. Yeah. You are set back pretty hard. Yeah. So yeah, I just it's okay, I guess. Like I don't think I'm gonna finish it because I'm just like. And then, you know, also, this wasn't the game's fault, but that was, like, the week I had 
massive migraines and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. So it's like that would get just, in the way a bit. Yeah, that would get in the way a bit. Just being like, oh, I'm going to turn it on tonight. No, All these I little just, Pikmin uh, remind you of the sperm you're not allowed to release. <laughs> I, I didn't make that connection, but sure. Little white ones. He just gets all lonely every time he sees them. He's subconsciously marching them to their death. Man, you know what's horrifying? Having a bunch of them jump in the water. Oh, and God. And start drowning and yeah. not knowing what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I realized later you can just run over to them and throw yeah. them out. Yeah, you can But the first time, I'm just trying to, like, point them. Like, no. No, get out. out and they, they didn't. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'm reloading that save because I just watched 40 of them drown. <laughs> 40 little lives it ended was... in a matter of five seconds. Yeah, it was real rough. That's then I, funny. So, like, once you... It's weird because the tutorial phase is, like, the first three dungeons or so. Yeah. And then it really opens up. And I was just like, oh, now that I have all the types, I can just go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I found this one dungeon, like, in a previous zone that just decimated my forces <laughs> where it's like 100 pikmin enter like four leave whoops it was like i get i like ignored the boss i just walked around it because i'm like i'm not fighting this thing with four pikmin no actually i think i had five at that point and then there's a gate that you had to bust down oh so i'm just like letting them hit it for a couple minutes <laughs> and then we walk into like the final room and there's nothing there and one of them still managed to drown i'm like god damn it <laughs> I guess it's not five left, it's four left. It mm. had to be Steve, didn't it? <laughs> oh, God. No, it's uh, Jules. Oh. Oh! <laughs> no! It makes me sad. God damn you, cannon fodder. <laughs> Imagine if this game had names for them. No! That's what makes cannon fodder infinitely harder to play, is because everybody's got a name. God... And they get their own personalized little, like, you know, tombstone on Boot Hill. Yeah, you, re you really couldn't do that with Pikmin because they start dying. Yeah, they die quick, by, like, the... Day. Yeah. It's real yeah, possible like, for shit to... stuff is just like, oh, this boss jumped and fell and killed 12 guys in yeah. one hit. Like, yeah. Fuck. It's like, well... Another hundred names to add to the wall? Yeah. I think my favorite thing about that game is all the dumb names they give the treasures. Oh, Yeah. There's a lot of I jokey can't. treasures in one and yeah. three. One, one and three are the ones that I've played with. Uh, so. I can't recall any of them, but it's just like they're very like ordinary find, things. But then they'll give them like kind of like fascinating mystic names, like yeah. oh, like a stopwatch will be like time machine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that stuff's really cool. Yeah, of course that like it's Nintendo localization, just always on fucking point. Yeah. Yep. We played yeah, a bunch of Pikmin three, and it didn't really make much impression on me. That's been like, my only Pikmin yeah. experience. Like I borrowed. Um, let's see, three is the one for Wii U, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like I borrowed for <clears throat> Wii U and played a lot of Pikmin three, and I really enjoyed that game. That's cool. Yeah, it didn't make like a negative impression. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it was just a weird thing. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of there, I guess. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's a cute little, like, an interesting spin on real-time strategy. Yeah, which is a genre I've never yeah. been into. Yeah. So, like, the fact that I can play this is actually pretty good. Yeah. Like, I could finish this if I want, but I'm just like, eh, they, yeah, like, it's... the puzzle, the dungeons to start maybe getting a bit samey. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the, 
how to describe it like managing a hundred Pikmin of different types does get a little cumbersome where you're like trying hard, to break yeah. them up and then point because I'm playing the Wii version so it's like pointing at a group to be like no you guys no no not the one that's gonna drown if I yeah. walk over here yeah it's a lot mm. easier to do that in the Wii U oh really true yeah. touch, touch screen yeah mm. that's cool it is cool it's pretty slick I can't imagine this on GameCube with like an analog it's stick not, it to... actually kind of works like I like it's one of those things where you kind of have to like sit down and play and it was definitely had a learning yeah. curve to it. But like once I had it, it was just like, Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. doing this. Like it's second nature. It's pretty easy. Cool. That's cool. That's good to know. It was definitely kind of weird. Like going back to the Wii controller and nunchuck and being like, man, this, this controller is weird. It is. Like, just the, way <laughs> the, the buttons are just kind of all over the place where like the nunchuck has two very different like, shoulder buttons. Yeah. Like up at the top, and then, like they're weird as fuck yeah. to try and hit. And then, like, the A button on the main, the main Wiimote, and then the B button trigger, and then, like, using the D-pad to move the camera. Like, yeah, and, like, the weird placement of plus and minus, and that home yeah. button. It's just, like, it's kind of, like, a weird stretch. I was it's, playing some yeah. Star... I was playing some Star Successor earlier. Uh, before. I see, that game feels so good, though, when you're just... Yeah, like, when you're in the zone in that event. game, it's so, yeah. so good. Yeah, like, Pikmin uses the one and two buttons for some special functions. It's just like, man, that button is way down there. Yeah, I don't like using the plus and minus on the the the, 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 the nunchuck and Wiimote at all. Yeah. So I guess that's a plus for the Joy-Con, is that they're a little more symmetrical than traditional. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I will probably be continuing to kind of try and push through the last few Wii games that I have and have never played before. Uh-huh. And then finally you can bury it in the backyard. You can put it to rest. It's, it was just like, oh, now this is two generations behind. <laughs> it's no, maybe man. time to... You gotta keep that system around because Super Mario Galaxy is still amazing. Yeah, that game's still good. I, I still need yeah. to finish Galaxy 2. Like, that is a it game was... I still load up from time to time and just play a few stars just because I, I don't know, it's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, because a while ago I bought like an HD adapter for the Wii so it can connect easier to the TV. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to play those games I never played. And then I ended up just starting a new Foot Galaxy file. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is still good. Mm-hmm. Fuck That's those funny. other games that I haven't played. I just can't believe I haven't played Deadly Creatures yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw that in like a Nintendo Power magazine before announced, and I was just like, I have to get this when it comes out. And then... I never heard about it again. So I, and then I googled later on, and it's like, yeah, this exists. This is a game that people play. And then, like, suddenly after like five years, I hear Patrick Lebeck be like, oh. "Where's Deadly Creatures 2? And I'm like, "Wow, where is Deadly Creatures 2? Okay, if John was like in elementary school when the week came out, mm-hmm. would this have changed? I guess not really. His sexual trajectory he's always kind of had that sexual trajectory yeah. honestly he's but always kind of this had could a... have been like his formative game and yeah he somehow missed it <laughs> so john what else you've been playing what else have i been playing i've been playing a shit ton of fantasy star 2 that's a good game it's not is it is I mean, it rat it is like i like Jeez, I think maybe now, like, cause I talk, like, I played this, um, um, for like, and I talked about it on the Sox cast. I think, like, yeah, maybe our first year, uh, I played through it with, um, uh, 
uh, a patch that made things a lot less grindy and kind of like oh yeah uh moved some character skills around to where they made a little more sense or Ooh. or i think it <clears throat> fixed like, like characters were being given the wrong skills like in the final game and i think this fixed that but mm-hmm. i like i i remember like even though that battle system is just a clunky mess <laughs> um, I still had a good time, like, going through that game again, despite the fact that, you know, and, you know, having some maps open, because mm-hmm. fuck those maps. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I've been mapping like a bastard. How's, um, uh, how's, uh, Fantasy Star 2, one of my formative RPGs, treating you? Um, I connected with it pretty much instant, like, like, I played Defenders of Oasis, which is the same basic group of devs as i understand it yeah um it was a couple years later so they kind of had a, their heads a little tighter on their shoulders so mm-hmm. um that game's pretty much totally playable start to finish i think mm-hmm. it, some of the later dungeons are rough but they're doable yeah um and i really like that game a lot so this just feels like so this feels like a very and I played Fantasy Star once. I'm coming at it from I've come at it from both ends basically. Where mm. I'm like, oh cool. Um I just really I've played enough like kind of games in the style of like Dragon Quest One, games that um the old Dragon Quest games I beat, played the first mother, I played Fantasy Star, I played a bunch of the games Final that Fantasies. come from a lineage at a time where like uh, an RPG meant you're you're gonna do some grinding, and the maps are gonna be brutal. Yeah, the dungeons are gonna be really convoluted, and that's like the that's part of the appeal. And that you're gonna have to like run around towns talking to people, and have to like count tiles down yeah. to find like the right coordinate for. And then oh, there's the big there's the magic drop. You need to create the bridge to the oh um, my god final boss. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> So I've played a bunch of these games, and I've mostly um, looked at guides and cheats just like a motherfucker. But, um, and I'm and I kind of am familiar with the language at this point. And coming at Fantasy Star 2, being familiar with the language, it connected with me really just kind of from the jump. Because it's, um, right off the bat, that title screen's really classy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. That's iconic. Well, Yep, and just the simple story presentation early on, and then the little tiny signs of things being kind of kind of off. Mm-hmm. Like you play Fantasy Star One, and it's this jump, like pretty. Um, I want to say I, I I keep wanting to say jumpy, but like happy. It's bouncy. it's yeah, it's, it's bouncy. very bubbly. You know, despite yeah. the fact that its story does kind of start at a dark place, like it's mm-hmm. still it's very colorful. Um, like all of the music is composed in a pretty high octave, and it's very upbeat. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 not like uh, like like it's a hard game to kind of punch your way through these days. But it's you know it's got a lot mm-hmm. there making it worth it. I think absolutely, it's a very charming game. Um... And Fantasy Star 2 has more of a darkness to it, I think. Oh, yeah. And I know it gets grim. Like, I, I have the idea that it... I basically heard that it em- ends very much, like, everybody dying. You're, tell- you're telling me the scene after the um, first dungeon wasn't grim enough for you? Exactly. But I, I knew I know, like, broad strokes, this game is dour. Yes. But 
actually playing it and seeing this stuff in execution, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's sad. Like the way that in Pokemon, to, when you get past the first ta- when you get out of the first town, major town, it's because the guy who um, really needs his coffee, so he's gonna block the road until you get the Pokedex, <laughs> and then he's ha- get has his coffee, and then he lets you pass, and he teaches you how to do Pokemon. Yeah. The first guy blocking your path. His story and the way that resolves. Oh my it's the god! Same sh- it's the same shit. It's just an event flag. You need to tweak so that you can uh, tweak so that you can get by. But it resolves in this really grim, sad, awful, tra- tragic way that feels like, and it all feels kind of elevated. I think because the story beats themselves are like two minutes yeah they're every very... five or six yeah. hours yeah so that when they have yeah that scene on the bridge is like about where i got as a kid and i was just like maybe kind of traumatized that's like, like way what too just happened that's like, way what? too fucked up that's excellent um whereas me at 10 years old was like holy shit this is great <laughs> <laughs> So, so whenever those events happen, it kind of has this larger than life epic. Kind yeah, of like the moments matter because they're so <laughs> they're sprinkled so like lightly across the whole the fabric of this whole the game. Canvas. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of it just holds together with the logic of the story really well. Like there was a there was a beat where I was like, okay, I get this. Mm-hmm. This is good. Um, and then after you do like seventeen more dungeons, um, <laughs> um, there's the scene with Nay. Oh my god, it's that one's rough. Yeah, um, and it's very well done. Oh yeah, and just using the just using the language of these games in ways that people hadn't really figured out how to do for the most part. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy One hadn't come out in the states yet. Nope, <laughs> when this game came out. Um, so this having just... the unwinnable boss fight, it's used so in such weird. a way. Yeah. And then cutting to the portrait and detailing that scene, how it goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though these are flat characters that receive, that don't have any real beat to them aside from like one paragraph near the beginning when they're introduced, mm-hmm. um, it still has that kind of larger than life epic quality. Definitely. Um, that I think comes from just, you know, RPGs are good. Dragon, like, the the thing, that basic format of starting with, starting with nothing mm-hmm. in a town and then poking your way out into the unknown and gathering resources and getting stronger and slowly exploring and learning your way around the world, um, that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good <clears throat> structure, good story. Um and that elevates so like something like Dragon Quest will have a very nice simple story built around that structure that works with it well. Mm-hmm. Something like Final Fantasy will have something a little more convoluted and a little more interesting. A little more like grandiose than Yeah, most. a little more grandiose. It'll have a time loop and the weird <laughs> ending and it's it's Final Fantasy from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um that series has always had that identity. And then Fantasy Star is just quiet tragedy so yeah. far. Yeah. 
Um, and... I think I think what really makes that series special, even when it stumbles, is that they were always poking at the boundaries of RPGs. I think, um, mm-hmm. like with Fantasy Star One, they obviously they were going for the Dragon Quest thing, but they're take on dungeon crawling was interesting the sci-fi setting was totally unique for the time with Mm -hmm. with two they were delving more into story and scenario and again they were doing something really different with their battle system and shit fantasy star three like the generation system it's not executed great but it's an Mm. it's a fantastic idea then and they were trying real hard to do something interesting with the battle system and what you got out of that was dynamic music a dynamic music system where like as the flow of battle changed the battle theme changed so like that's an interesting thing and when you get to fantasy star 4 it's sort of like yeah i look at fantasy star 4 as kind of their answer to final fantasy but still being done in a very fantasy star way of finding their own path through, you know, without directly emulating. And I think that's why that series is really fucking special. Mm-hmm. Hey, and then it ended. And then it ended. Those four games. Yeah. Hey, Polly. Yo. And then a couple games later, Fantasy Star Universe, we anime now. I, uh, <laughs> I hate oh, okay. that. I hate that game so much. I can't give it an, I can't muster <laughs> enough malice to make it my most hated game ever. <laughs> that's how much I hate it is I can't I don't want to give it any kind of significance even if that means sitting at the top of shittiest games list <laughs> you are a big fat number two Fantasy Star Universe <laughs> I think what's great is that fa- Fantasy Star Online actually really does kind of maintain the somber tone of the yes, earlier games it absolutely like, does the like that game is actually it. super dark yes that uh-huh. game's story is really fucking dark mm-hmm and then Fantasy Star Universe just shits all oh, over it. It's just God. this super poppy anime thing with yeah. no stakes, no characters you give a crap about. Yeah. God. And then um, PSO2 is actually also super anime, but in a better way. <laughs> my hope my hope with that game is that, like, y'all have been away from Fantasy Star Online for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Red's been playing the sequel, but, like, we have another like spurt where we load up a fresh server or something yeah. and play it for a couple weeks and I can play it for yeah. like a month and I can really just Live enjoy that, that little, again. That little world, like Fantasy Star Online, like we could do an entire podcast yeah. about why that oh, game yeah. is special and why it means so much to both yeah. me and Rhett uh, specifically. And I know a lot of people listening, that game is very special too. Um, yeah. But again, it's just like that is Sega being fucking pioneers, and I think that they yeah. all like that was back like even when they were crashing and burning, they were still <laughs> trying their damnedest to. We're not going to make the thing you think we're going to make. Mm-hmm. Like they could have just made a Fantasy Star RPG, you know. But mm-hmm. they they thought way bigger. It's just like, well, what if you're the hero? Okay, that's a good starting line. Well, what if you're the hero with other people around the world and we do it on a console? God. You are not the only hero. You are not the only hero now. So it's just like, (sighs) that's incredible. And I think that that's why Fantasy Star, even when it falters, even when those games are kind of hard to go back to, specifically Mm -hmm. 1 and 2, I will never play 3 again because it is garbage. (laughs) Um, 
But I figured I'd be okay skipping that one for four for now, and then maybe taking a look at it another day. Yeah, or just, just poking at it for a minute. To it see, would like, be how the music a works. curiosity at most, I think. But mm. like that's why I think like the Fantasy Star series is really special. Is that while Final Fantasy got bigger and gra- more grandiose with the things that it's good at doing, you mm-hmm. know, like like Fantasy Star kept trying to reinvent itself within its own little like sci-fi interesting worlds with things that made sense and maybe they didn't work but man did they just fucking give it their all in trying i really like that because it helps fit the narrative of these four early sega rpgs with fantasy star online yes which so, that that's nice to kind it's of put those great, narratives together. Yeah, it's it's a great through line if you follow it mm-hmm. all the way through. It's really really. And that's just say that's just always been Sega. Like yeah. they make a racing game, they're gonna make Outrun and just make like this groundbreaking, incredible, gorgeous thing that is still resonant today. They're gonna mm-hmm. make um, a Mario game. They're gonna make a platformer. Well, they're gonna make Castle Illusion and then Sonic One and make things that are and then Sonic. All three and just make things that are completely their own. Yeah, like it, um, there's still shades of that within Sega. I think you know, even though yeah. we don't we don't see it much anymore, but I I think that that's really just like what makes them like like there's still a heart there. I think is why mm-hmm. you know like even though we've been pissed at Sega for years on and off, like it's you know. They still like there's still a company to keep an eye on because I think the people and the minds that are there putting things together, like they're genuinely trying to do something ambitious and different and off the beaten path. And I think that's really kind of what makes them special. Yeah, like making a tragedy in 1989. Yeah, like that's just kind of unheard of. <laughs> yeah, it's one more thing about whatever happens. One more thing about Sega being ahead of the curve. I was reminded of this today when looking at very, very old games. Mm-hmm. Space Harrier was 1985. Yes. God. Like, their Super Scalar was stuff was gorgeous. so far ahead of everybody else. Like, that and Hang On. Yes. Man. Yep. Like, Outrun was my jam, but I do love Space Harrier. Yeah, yeah. that's my arc with it, too. And, yeah, just their... The arc of Sega from their arcade stuff to the Master System to the Genesis to the Saturn to the Dreamcast, that's like one of the coolest, just most interesting developer histories and periods, I think, to study and be yeah. dive into. Because the Dreamcast ha- was so weird, even though it was only out for two years, you saw stuff like Seaman and Space Channel 5. Yeah, and crazy, like just I mean, Crazy Taxi was an arcade game, but... Just weird mm-hmm. fucking shit that nobody was doing. And Sonic mm-hmm. Adventure. Ikaruga. Well, Ikaruga no. wasn't them. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. But it fits into that. Yeah. But like, and then they ma- oh, and they made like, Sky- like, instead of like another fantasy single player fantasy star, they had Ryoko Kodama work on um, Skies of Arcadia. Yeah. Just make another completely cool, unique Sega thing. And like you said, Seaman. <laughs> Man, Sega was fucking great, you guys. They really yeah. were. Yeah, and then they had a real rough period in yeah. the early. Yeah, that was transitioning. That's unfortunate transitioning, growing pains. But, you know, even through all the shit that they did put out, like, I still think that they're, like, I always kind of want to know what they're doing. Kind of like SNK, maybe? Maybe, Maybe but to a much less degree. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's another funny through line there. 
There is, definitely. It's it's kind of weird that Sega is just kind of a PC game publisher now. Yeah, uh, in a way. Like, yeah. they just bought some other studio, and I think they kind of gave it to Creative Assembly. It's just like, yeah, you guys just kind of manage now, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's a lot of their thing. Yeah. Like, for... Well, that's Square Enix, right? Like, they made yeah. Final Fantasy XV, yeah. and then they published a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they like, outsourced both the 13 sequels. They did this and this. So... It's interesting. Interesting little uh, story. I really like there. Sega. I really like Fantasy Star. Yeah. And Fantasy Star 2 is like, you know, to get kind of back to the point, you know, mm-hmm. like we said, like, I think that game is still, like, iconic and I think it's fondly remembered for a lot of good reasons. I can definitely, you know, fully admit and, you know, because I, I won't play that game without the patch now because I just, mm. I don't have that kind of time and that's not. Like when I was ten and eleven, yeah. I could I can sit around and grind all day, and yeah. and figure out fucking weird ass door mazes. <laughs> These days, no thanks. Like I just want to play this thing and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. That's really the thing with RPGs of that era is mm-hmm. that they came out when, at the time, this would be the game you buy, and then you have this game for months. Yes, and months. Yeah. This is the game your mom buys you for Christmas, and then you have to make it last. Until your um, birthday. Until your birthday. So, like, it all makes sense. That, like, the time commitment, like, you don't, like, take out a piece of Dragon Quest. Like, you don't take out the part where you can't, where you save at Kings. You don't make it so you can save wherever you want. Because you basically, you just make it all those ways that those games are demanding softer. You pull back a little bit. Yeah, so the Game Boy you, Color remakes make them less demanding grind-wise, give you more money. Yeah, you strip uh, away a lot of the resource management, which is what those games were trying to teach you. Exactly. How they wanted you to interact with them. So, all of the, the language of these games makes sense completely. Like, mm-hmm. on, a thematic, on a thematic level, it all holds together. Even the dumb door mazes in Fantasy Star 2. <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it makes sense what they're demanding you to do this because it serves this purpose in the story. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's too much for me, personally, to want to deal with today. Yeah. So I, I do the things that let me move through it at a quicker pace. And for me right now, I'm doing okay with the grinding because, A, it means that I can play it on my Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. on my DS, which makes it I can play it on the go. And, B, I'm just mostly just kind of doing mindless grinding while watching a TV show has been very and kind that, of chill. That, and that battle system is autopilot. So it's, yeah, it hates it when you don't want to. When you don't autopilot. Yeah, so. the game actively is trying to force, like, look, let me just do it, okay? Please, please. There's can a lot I just, of, can like, do it. To, to make characters do specific actions is such a pain in the ass. It's very it, funny. It's kind of like a precursor to Final Fantasy XII in that way. Oh, God. <laughs> just, just let me do it. You're totally right. You're totally right. God. So, yeah. I have no problem loving Fantasy Star 2, even for its, like, mechanical excesses. Because yeah. it, it holds together to me as a story. And I'm okay. Like, I'll, I could probably play with a patch in the future. I could play it. And I can play it with maps and feel all right. Um, and then if I was a kid in 1989, I could see myself just diving into that world for, yeah. you I know, think, 50 hours instead of 20 or whatever. I think when you finally get to four and kind of see the culmination of everything coming together and how they've taken that language and evolved it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not like a a lot of people like 
a kind of accuse Fantasy Star 4 of trying to be like a Final Fantasy game, and I just don't see it because I still think that there's enough of its own lineage in there, both, mm. through, both through its lore and its gameplay, that I think that that game still like is very true to itself. It's just like it's got a way bigger budget behind it. Yeah. That's that's the narrative I heard from the, you know the people pushing Fantasy Star Two to me. It's like ah four da 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 da. Like but, me, me and like when me and Boner did Fantasy Star Four again. Like I was also mm-hmm. playing through Fantasy Star Two and One on the side. Mm-hmm. Oh and, cool! And it was really cool to kind of like see it all like in front of me all at once, and mm-hmm. like it really made me appreciate that game a lot more. Um, just from what I normally already love Fantasy Star Four. Like, mm-hmm. being able to kind of see it in direct contrast at the moment with what I was doing in PS1 and PS2, it was just kind of like, yeah, this is a really great thing. It's a really great ending, is kind of what it sounds like, especially. Yeah, it absolutely just as is. as a culmination. Yeah, I'm really glad I'm playing it after 1 and 2. I remember, like, starting Fantasy Star 4 as a kid, like, yeah. and, then being, and then falling away. But this, I think, is just this the is right going to be the better it. way. Yeah, like I think you're definitely going to come from Fantasy Star Four with a bigger yeah. appreciation. Because fantasy, and also I'm not having to force myself. Well, I'm having to force myself to Fantasy Star Two right now because I'm at the dams. Yeah, but that I, part. Aside from, <laughs> oh, that part's so bad. Aside from that, yeah. um, I'm not having to force myself through Fantasy Star Two at all. It makes pristine sense to me and God, i'm they really even made the really world, resonating with they, me they even made the fucking world map a maze <laughs> god damn it god damn oh, it. that looks that looks even worse on the next planet it really is oh it's gonna be god fun. i hate the damn portion of that game it's so bad that damn yeah. damn that damn damns as context the damn section is when the game progresses the plot, and then they give you your next objective, which you have to just do four dungeons. Yeah. They have four dungeons basically just next to each other, and you get to progress the plot when you've gone through all four of them. And, and collect and, done four things. And I don't care if it's spoilers, but one of the coolest things they do is, like, when, when most organic life forms are taken off the planet and replaced with these weird mechanical hybrids that are just downright yes! horrifying... Like all of the encounters get changed, and that's so fucking cool. That was that was actually the moment I was talking about earlier, where the language of it suddenly kind of really clicked for me. Like the nay first scene was really good, mm-hmm. but then like you get to the end of that, and the person says, "Hey, um, the person creating all these monsters you've been fighting is dead now, and the monsters are gone. But the government blames you for this ecological disaster, and they're sicking yep. their robot army on you." Yeah, it's <laughs> so, real fucked up. It's real fucked up, and it they're way harder, and all the encounters have changed. And, and it's just like, the design. Some of the designs are downright horrifying. Especially oh, like the way they pulse and shit. Like it's another great thing the Fantasy Star games did that fa- the Final Fantasy didn't have until it went 3D. Was that like, like all of the battle animations and stuff are like y- your enemies like actually have animations and stuff, mm. and it's just like they get real creepy looking in Fantasy Star too. Yes. Also, I also a fun thing I noticed. Um, uh, so Crow Trigger just has the main villain for Fantasy Star Two in it, right? Yeah, basically Mother Brain. <laughs> yeah, and then that villain, that as a side weirdo side villain, and in, in Crow Trigger goes on to be basically the main antagonist in Chrono Cross. Mm-hmm. That's... And then also, yeah, yeah, that's, that's so I just think that's rad. really funny. 
It's so rad. So that, yeah, it is. <laughs> so the fantasy start to like um, tribute boss is the main villain in the sequel, and also the final the final encounter in Chrono Cross is a big old riff on Mother's ending. Yeah. And both Mother and Fantasy Star 2 came out within like a couple months of each other. Just like the weirdo connecting fabric you can find in I these know. games. All when... three by different companies. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. <clears throat> I really appreciate Fantasy Star 2. I basically feel like I'm just moving through this progression where I started with one, playing two, playing the game, weirdo Game Gear game, playing Fantasy Star 4, and then I'm probably going to play Skies of Arcadia, and it's going to be just, like, feel Sky, really good Sky, and perfect. Skies is so good. I think that's probably, that might be my favorite of the bunch, because God. it has that kind of, that, that optimism. Yeah, it's upbeat. Yeah, it looks like, that looks like it could just be one of my favorite games ever. Um, like, these are all fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Skies, like, of all of them, that one might be the most John game. Just of the bunch. It could be. And I yeah. Wanted, yeah, I can. So I can see that. I really like Sega. Um, Sega's and I think that's about. I think that's any other Sega thoughts there. Not a Sega thought, but you mentioned Chrono Trigger a second ago. Yeah. My thought with that game was always that kind of each era is based on a different JRPG series. <laughs> like, well, think of it this though: yeah. six hundred AD is obviously Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. Like ten thousand BC. Like, 10,000 BC is obviously Final Fantasy, because it's, like, nuts there. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. <laughs> 2300 is Fantasy Star, Fantasy basically. Star, and there's a mother brain. And there's a yes. mother brain, and then there's cities and domes. Yep. yep. Like, Holy <laughs> shit, I never fucking thought of this parallel before now. Rhett, you that just blew my fucking sense. mind. It kind of breaks, because I don't know what the, the what, what, like, uh, 65 million BC would be. Like, yeah. it's not entirely derivative derivative but like, but it, a lot of that theory makes fucking sense the fantasy star and dragon quest ones especially are yeah. like yeah yeah like, that's pretty especially good with the, especially with the Vegas fight it's like hey let's take this thing that these games have been doing for a million years and just like punch it up to 11 yeah just like yeah and it's the best so it's just the best evil wizard at the top of a tower ever oh god yeah <laughs> fucking magus castles the best dungeon in a video game ever that's the funny that's the funniest thing basically with chrono trigger being my basically my first jrpg is mm. then <laughs> yeah continuing onward and then realizing it's the pastiche of yeah, all these amazing yeah. things i had never really thought of that before and now it's i it just makes that game mean even more i think yeah it totally <laughs> i mean it, it was the dream team basically yeah it was yeah yeah and God. they literally named that boss mother brain yep Nope. There's that's, that's a special game. <laughs> that's God damn. Chrono Trigger's real good. Fucking yeah, it is. Let's, we're doing let's that... stream it again. <laughs> so good. I thought about and... it, honest to God, I did. That's so funny. Because <laughs> I play that game once a year, and I was just like, what if I just stream it again? <laughs> mm-hmm. Anna suggested we re- we replay Chrono Trigger, and I was like. For some reason, not really feeling it. And then I was like, but what about... I have Final Fantasy VII on my PlayStation. I've only actually made it through that game once. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my PlayStation, I had to do like a billion installs and stuff. Oh. To re-download the game from the store. And I had to like change my password. And then I have it on my brother's password. So I had to like call him up. <laughs> it was this nightmare. This big nightmare of nope. And then I was like, fuck it. No, fuck Final Fantasy VII. And I was going to load up Lightning Returns. 
and then the, the controller, controller problem. Working, and I spent a half hour trying to fix that, and then it didn't work, and I went to bed angry. Oh, <laughs> woke that... up the next day, loaded up Final Fantasy 15. That was when I started it. Well, are you good? Like, All right. This story has a, a happy ending. It does. It ends with, really it ends like... with boys. <laughs> very. I didn't even say that. The boys in Final Fantasy 15 are very good. Mm-hmm. So is Gladiolus still your favorite? I guess so. That's very weird. Because he's not the cute Femi one. Aww. <laughs> Which is, yeah, that's like that's like my usual appeal. And then, oh my, that, that, I, the, my reaction to Rhett playing the game was like, why have you been talking about the girls so much? Like, everyone <laughs> knows that that game's about, is about the boys, and now I've played it, and why are we talking about the girls so much? <laughs> Shut that game up. is about the boys. I gotta admit, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a weird thing for Noctis, so I'm not gonna lie. Cool, cool. Yeah, the, the, um, did y'all see the Simone Rashford Final Fantasy 15 video? No. It's, it just starts with Final Fantasy 15 began development 80 years ago when I was a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm avoiding everything about that game until I play it, which I might okay. just start doing this week. Now that I think about it. It's just a real good RPG, and it has some very good boys. And then the girls were basically all girls. like basically some different character designer did all the girls. It's <laughs> bad. I mean, oh. there's the dragoon girl. She's yeah, so cool. the dragoon girl that I have seen. Uh, I was just like, you know what? She's she's a good girl. I mean, she's kind of lightning. <laughs> yes, that's kind of why face, I like definitely. her. I'm the chapter thinking... after she's introduced, where they have her again, was a highlight yeah. because it's another example of the game. Ba- basically, my whole through line with Final Fantasy XV was taking Final Fantasy bullshit, basically, mm-hmm. and then grounding it in the mundane. So seeing the ca- seeing the giant crystal ca- castle in the distance from a gas station. Yeah. <laughs> where it's, oh, this is like if Final Fantasy happened in a world where people actually live. Yeah. And they have enough of those quiet moments, even in the back half. Because there are lots of quiet, cool, subdued moments in the back half of that game. Chapter 10 was one of my favorites. Yeah. I um, really like that one, too. Yeah. And it comes right after the game turns into Sonic Adventure. So. <laughs> and then there's like the. But then there's also like the 15 minute chapter that is just an uncharted action scene. It's very good. It's such a weird game. You're going to like it, probably, I think. Um, I'm definitely excited. Definitely excited. But I just keep thinking what if they do Final Fantasy 15 too, and it's just like. Sydney, Iris, and Aranea. There you go. That'd be real good. Would it though? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm just eyeballing you from across the world. Like, would it though? They that? did not do enough with Iris. You know. Yeah, what I mean. she was like the. Uh, nope, nope, no. Actually, <laughs> you, you're, yeah. Uh, we'll agree to disagree there. I think that's funny. All right, let's pull it back in. All right. <laughs> Fantasy Star 2 is good. That was the RPGs are good power hour. There you go. Well, I don't think we have any other, like, weirdo, cool, no. beautiful story. <laughs> yeah, we're RPGs. probably just on a pretty straight and narrow path towards, you know. Yeah, nothing, like, nothing that has any DNA with, like, Final Fantasy or anything. <laughs> nothing um, of the sort. I think we're pretty good. So, Polly, what have you been up to? I, uh... Played a pretty straightforward game. Uh, it's pretty standard hack and slash. You know, I played Drakengard three the last time. You know, you, you get yourself into a mindless stage. It's like, oh man, I just want to press some buttons and see shit happen and watch a, <laughs> and watch a pretty girl soaked in blood curse a lot. 
<laughs> and I, I I played Near Automata. Everybody knows like this is the the game that I've been waiting for all year. Uh, this was like my release date game. Like if there's a game that I'm going to go out, if there are two games I'm out, going out of my way to release date this year, it's Near Automata and Persona Five. Um, if you had to choose one, which would it have been? Near Automata. Really? Well, Over Persona? The thing about Persona mm-hmm. is that I know that Persona Five is largely a lot of the same kind of stuff I did in Persona uh... in Persona Four. And over the years, though I like Persona 4, I think that I prefer it much less than Persona 3. Mm-hmm. But that's just, you know, neither here nor yeah. there. That's just because Persona 3 resonates with me on a personal level. Whereas I think Persona 4 is just a fun video game. Mm-hmm. Like I nothing- think Persona 3 is... I think they're both probably masterpieces and i think persona 4 successes really do not invalidate persona 3 even if it's kind no. of like a less accessible thing absolutely yeah. absolutely like the, the 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 you know we're sidetracking here obviously but mm-hmm. who fucking cares we just sidetracked <laughs> for an hour anyway but yeah. yeah you know like persona 3's themes of like death and acceptance and things like that those all kind of hit me at a time when i needed it um that game helped me through the death of my parents essentially like i went back and i replayed that game and i fucking finished the answer because at that time i needed an answer and the game actually gave me something to latch onto that propelled Ah. me forward out of that rut so persona 3 is a very near and dear game to me and and Mm -hmm. i and Persona 4 does not resonate with me that way. Persona 4 resonates with me as this is a fun game with fun mm-hmm. characters that I like. Whereas Persona mm-hmm. 3 is a very emotional thing. Mm-hmm. So. It's sort of, and um, that's the one thing I realized watching Anna playing a bunch of Persona 3 was like all the things that make it like feel clunkier and less immediately fun. Mm-hmm also fit in with the story really well like how all the people are way harder to get social links with and there's a disconnect like a lot of people Mm -hmm. are like are these people even friends and i think that that like that whole thing is even put through in the battle system to where you can't control anybody but you like exactly that's i think that's really what they were going for with that is that like how well do you know other people and how much can you trust them um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool way that they kind of presented all that. And you can still play Persona 4 like that. Like, it's still an option, but it's just, I don't think that that fits the theme of Persona yeah. 4 the way that it is. They're does. close friends. Yeah. From basically from the get-go, so you can control everybody in combat. Yeah. So, like, you know, I think both games do different things, and they do their different things very, very well. Yeah. That said, about... that said yeah. um, we're going to get into Nier Automata, and I want to preface yeah. this by saying that I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm going to, yeah. dan- I'm going to dance around everything that this story involves, because I know that, one, it just came out, and I know of three people off the top of my head <laughs> that are just starting to play it, and I know that John and Rhett want to play it at some point as well. Um, and, like, like, this, is, this yeah. is a game ripe for a spoiler cast in the future. And I really cool. kinda I wanna I wanna go ahead and put that on the table that I really do want to spoiler cast this game in the future. Um cool. but what all I will say about the story is that it's not a story that's trying to put itself over with obfuscation. It's not weird. It's not 
fucking like mind bending in any way. It's a story that's happening and you're reacting. Um, <laughs> it's a well told post apocalyptic story and it tackles themes that are often broached in these kinds of games. But the difference is you've got a mind behind those uh, themes and behind those scenes and behind these characters creation and writing that is so offbeat and is not going to give you what you want at all like this is like a narrative that is going to pull you in every direction except the way you want to go and i think <laughs> that's just it works so goddamn well um like this game is scenes that you've probably seen scenes like it but you've never seen it presented with the panache and with just the absolute tastefulness that this game gets away with and just like how well directed everything is from like from the the music from the fucking the voice acting everything about this game and its presentation is goddamn perfect like i cannot praise it enough I want to, I'm sitting here bursting because I just want to be like, <laughs> and then there's this scene where, and then there's this scene and then it's like, and then here's how this other scene is really interesting and cool and weird. And you've never seen it done that way before. Um, but I will save all of that for a spoiler cast in the future because like this game's narrative is worth seeing for yourself. So, so, so. is this Yoko Taro's masterpiece? I, ooh, man. <laughs> because ne the first near story is real good, too. Hmm. But I, I think this one resonates with me more. Mm -hmm. In addition to being by Platinum with Copacabana yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the big thing, is that yeah. this game feels so good to play. Like, I guess what I also meant is that his games typically haven't been particularly accessible. Yeah, they're play -wise. not. And this is like his most accessible work, and it doesn't like 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 uh, it, it, to quote a character in Virtue's Last Reward, one of my favorite characters. <laughs> this game's a little bit of an odd bird. Oh, that's a good character. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, this game. It kind of seems like near and near and near or Madamata are both like kind of perfect at what they're trying to yeah. communicate like this game is an action hack and slasher a top-down shmup a side-scrolling shmup a side-scrolling beat-em-up uh a, tw a twin stick shooter this game has so many hats on its head that it's unfucking believable and it does them all really well like, yeah, like, it's not an in-depth shmup system. It's just like, hey, I'm shooting forward with my machine gun, and I can use my physical attack to just erase bullets, and it feels good, and I can just run up on enemy ships and slice them to pieces, because that's way more fun. Um, so, you know, you've got your cool flying segments, and then, like, when you're on foot, you've got this just gorgeous platinum games feel where mm -hmm. your characters are responsive they feel fantastic to play like the, the, like one of the best things about this game is like the combo system is almost fucking limitless because you can equip two sets of two weapons so that gives you four weapons at your disposal every weapon in the game like has 
certain chain combos that you can do with it, and they can flow freely into one another from weapon to weapon. And as you level those weapons up, they get more, like, the combos get more varied. So, like, it is possible to, like, start a combo on the ground and, like, do, like, five or six hits on the ground, launch the enemy into the air, chase them into the air. We're still on the first weapon, by the way. Like... (laughs) Content, like, do four or five more slashes, switch to your second weapon set with just one button, start slashing away with another weapon, and then end with, like, just slamming a fucking hammer down on them. That's the thing I remember someone complaining about in Revengeance that didn't even occur to me, is that you can't just switch between main weapons with one button. You have to go into a menu. Yeah, that kind yeah. of, like, it, 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 um... Yeah, it, it breaks the I just flow never of used things. the other weapon. Yeah. I just didn't use the other weapons. I, I just didn't use the them at all. I, I was about to say the problem with Revengeance is that it only had one weapon. I literally forgot there were the other things. Yeah. yeah. Like, and to be fair, this game kind of has that problem, but it's more mm-hmm. or less that, like, there are four weapon types, and I think there's ten of every weapon. Uh, of every mm-hmm. weapon type, and I think there are three fist weapons, which, like, that, mm-hmm. like the fist weapons are so good. Oh, that um, sounds good. Um, but, like, I don't, I never really felt like anything felt better than, like, the starting swords that you have. Mm. Um, and that's fine, like, because they fit my playstyle. I like really just fast in and out, like, I'm gonna, like, (laughs) launch multiple enemies into the air at once and then slam them down with a big-ass sword. That was that's my experience sword. with um, that was my experience with Aria of Sorrow, where I basically just stuck with the quick slashy rapier weapons for the entire game, mm-hmm. which was funny. But yeah, and uh, like like okay, so like you guys played the demo, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the, that's Holy the intro. Oh, yeah, John just played the demo, and he has oh. feelings about a certain boy android. <laughs> no, I have feelings about that whole thing. That I, whole experience I, is... I was like, so mad when people were like, oh, the shmup sections are distracting. It's like, like that's kind of the coolest part. Like, they do so much cool shit with the shmup sections in that game. It's always fun. Yeah, I love fun. that there's actually more of it in the final game. Oh, there's a ton of it. It's so good. Um, just, I want to just eat those camera angles. Yeah, that's what made the, it that, so that camera... Like I want, oh. a, I want a whole oh. shmup that's a little more developed. That's got a little more. De- that systems are a little more deep. I want a shmup mm-hmm. like that. I just want a shmup that is done from near automata shmup sections. Just keep <laughs> giving me more of that. Um. So that introduction, like that's that the demo is the game's introduction, minus like maybe twenty or thirty seconds of exposition at the start. Um. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like the game is just like. Like, it gets you pumped. It's just like, I'm fucking ready. Let's go. And then you just kind of get thrown into, like, this very desolate, empty, open world where the enemies aren't even hostile. It's just a very... (laughs) It is a very quiet... like, Like, it was weird. Like, I did not understand it at first. But then I understood that it's like, this is intentional. Like, everything about this game is intentional because it's, Mm -hmm. like, there's this subtlety to everything that's building to every little revelation of not only the gameplay, but the story. Like, it's quietly building you up into this little world. Like, I think that, like, Yoko Taro's games, like, I think they largely focus on telling a story within a world. 
Um, and they, and they do that by being real expansive and full of bluster. And I think that this game is more focused on telling a world story. Mm -hmm. Um, and you are, and like, you are just kind of a framing device. It's kind of like, I, I don't think that I've seen a game presented this way before. Like, it doesn't immediately make sense unless you play it to see like how the game's funneling you through the world. Um, and like how all of the revelations come about and why the world is the way it is. Because there's a lot of weird shit going on in this world. I mean, we got mm-hmm. we got big tin can robots humping, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's at least one section where you like got really frustrated and kind of took Twitter like oh, I was this angry. Is me really mad. I was angry. I thought the game was just bullshitting and then it was like, "Oh no, they're doing this fucking on purpose. They're intention- they're intentionally doing a thing that I hate in video games that I <laughs> that I thought that they were making me do and it was like, "Oh no, there's a narrative reason for this." Just stick with it, stick with it, and then you get one of the biggest, most just incredible payoffs in the game, and it's only halfway through. God. It sounds like Chapter 13 in Final Fantasy 15. Where shit just <laughs> kind of jumps off. Where it's kind of trying to aggravate you, but yes. in Final Fantasy 15, it's just kind of long. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, oh, this, that was, this is yeah. definitely, like... Like, I'm trying, like, I definitely feel looking back at it now, like, this is Yoko Taro trying to make me feel something, and he just mission accomplished it. <laughs> Fucking A. Um, but, oh my god. So, so, there is, like, an open world element to this game. That's what's mm-hmm. so weird. Like, I kind of, based on the demo, I thought it was going to be more, like, mission based. Like, here's mm-hmm. a level, and, and a boss at the end. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So it actually is like open world. It's open world, but like, I, it, it doesn't feel like it at first. It doesn't feel like there would be any kind of structure to how like like how are missions going to fit into this world? It's largely desolate. It's empty. It's barren. It's post-apocalyptic. It's like where the fuck is everybody? Why mm-hmm. is this world so empty? And there's just it's completely justified. Um, and there's a lot of side stuff that you can do, but none of it, like, at all is, is mandatory. You can engage with the side quests and stuff if you want. They add a little more lore to things. They expand on things. They, they might just be, like, cute little callbacks to Drake and Guard and Nier. And, and that's another thing this game does really well, is that it knows its lore. It knows that it has a passionate fan base that loves its lore and it puts all of that stuff in there, but it does it without alienating anybody that isn't familiar with it. Like it's not in your face. Like there are things that are important from those games that are in this game, but if you don't know the lore behind it, it does. It's Mm. not that big a deal. Like you're not, you're not like, I don't know how they managed to balance that so well. Because I honestly thought, like, at some point, like, there was a big reveal of, uh, I'll just say, something that should be there that I don't know how that's there. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Without, you know, like, I can't really say what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's just like, oh, oh, you just made it make sense from a lore standpoint and from the standpoint of somebody that's new to this. Like, it's mm-hmm. so fucking smart. I don't know how they fucking did it. 
I saw a great tweet, and I think John saw it too, because I probably saw it because he favorited it. Uh, it said, Near Automata is an open world game where the quest, the reward for every quest you beat is being sad for 15 minutes. Basically. <laughs> yeah, like, there are really good stories in uh, the side quests. Like, and that, like, that part is really good to engage with. <laughs> like, I will, I, I'm going to go ahead and spoil one, because it, was, it, it comes early, and it's not the hardest hitting. But, like, there's a, a dude that's been stealing parts of Yorha machines uh, to create a companion. And you're kind of given the option of, like, letting this guy go and just being like, you know what, dude, you just do you, and we'll just pretend we didn't see this, or, like, not worrying about the quest. I don't know if, like, you can turn him in or not. Like, I never tried. So I, just, I was just like, you know what, dude, you do you. And then, like... I'm out and I'm doing um, a main story mission and I get an email and I check it. It was like, oh, hey, uh, that guy, uh, that thing that he was building, oh, it came alive. And then it killed him. Uh. It was like, oh, well, <laughs> fuck. And you get that just like in a, this dry email. It's just like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, but all the main story missions, like, they actually managed to make them work in that world because what doesn't appear like level design at all gets turned into level design just by the way that they set the enemies up in the stages, the way they fly big-ass bosses in, the way they can change the world if they want. It's, man, go play Nier Automata. <laughs> I liked in the demo where what you thought was level design was actually the boss. Yes! That's yeah. so good! Oh my god. God, hitting the boss with its own arm. Oh. God, that's, <laughs> I, that's, that's probably nothing, too. I forgot how crazy that demo gets right at the end. Yeah. And that's and that's probably nothing compared to the full it, game. It's nothing. Believe me. It's like the things you are going to see, the stories <laughs> you are going to be able to tell when you find your way through this game. And I, I urge you... See all three routes beginning to end and all of the branches at the end of C. Cool. Um, everything we'll about this game is worth seeing. And there's a thing that they do for the final one. All I'll say, <laughs> it's so fucking Yokotaro. Oh my god. Does Raiden show up in Rules of Nature's play? <laughs> no, no. It is okay. just... It's just, I was just, I was kidding. I know, I know. But think back to some of the stuff I talked about with Dragon Guard and how it's just <laughs> and how it's very like fuck you to the player. Oh no! What? Oh no! It's not that okay. bad. It's not. It's not. Eight minute rhythm game. <laughs> there's something that it's just like, what the fuck did you do, Yakutaro? You're a bastard. <laughs> oh, that's oh, funny. No. And the I really thing is, it's actually a timing game. game. And he makes it make sense within the context of the world and all of the framing devices they've set up. I can't say anymore because it's so good. And then there's like the final, final, final choice of the game, which is just, oh my god. It's so good. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but, like, Nier Automata is, like, the first game to really blow my skirt up this year. Uh-huh. I fucking love it. Game of the year. I, I, fuck, man, it's already at the top of my list. Like, I, it's gonna be hard to top. Mm. That's cool, though. It's, Good shit. But, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut up about it, because I, I'm, I'm just bursting, because there's so many things <laughs> I want to yell about it. 
We'll definitely have that spoiler cast. We have to. We have to, because that game's so good. Mm-hmm. Jeez. I'm very excited. You're, you're, this is a John game through and through. Oh, oh, really? I was hoping it'd be a Rhett game. It's a Rhett game, too. That's the thing. <laughs> the like, it's, yeah. it's got all of the crazy shit that you want, but it's also got a lot of this mind-fuckery bullshit that's gonna... <laughs> but it's still all straightforward. It's not hard to understand. It's so... I don't know how they balanced it this way. Like, it's, it's just expert storytelling. It's not a good video game story. It is a just a good story. Worth experiencing. So was he lying when he said, don't expect much from the scenario that I wrote? F- fucking no. <laughs> I think just, like, maybe he saw that as just, like, because it's so straightforward and it's not obfuscated. And, like, the game it just kind of just readily gives you answers a lot of the time. Like, when it does mm-hmm. something, it'll probably answer that question in relatively short order. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, the, I had a long talk with a few people about um, just kind of Yoko Taro's marketing presentation because it is a he, weird thing. He's he's a weird man, but yep. I like I want something from him uh, again now. Yeah, it this just seems really cool because it seems like a climax of like like we were talking about Sega and like those yeah. stories. But then, like, the Yoko Taro story and the Platinum Games story and just these threads. <laughs> like, Yoko Taro coming to, like, everything culminating with this game feeling kind yeah. of like his masterwork. Mm-hmm. Or, or his breakout, maybe. Cause, yeah, like, like, this is definitely a breakout title because people are talking of, like, about this. Critical appeal and mass. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because Dragon Guard 3 didn't have that. No. No. <laughs> like, he's going, like, like, that man's going to get a hell of a budget for whatever he does next, and he's Excellent. going to go off the fucking wall with it. Excellent. I hope Platinum finds work after this. I really do. Nice. I really do, because with Scalebound being yeah. canceled, and with all those oh. Activision shitty games that they did... And Activision has kind of stepped back from all that stuff. Like, I don't think they're doing any third-party stuff now. Yeah, so... It's, it's, I don't, it's interesting. It was John was mentioning stories, and he goes, Platinum Games, and I'm like, oh, I hope this isn't the end of their story. Yeah. Man. It's 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 weird. Weird, weird shit. So, yeah. Go, Did they just... announce Revengeance 2, or is that not? <laughs> I don't think no. Konami makes okay. video games Konami either. True. True. That, that's a sad story. Yeah. Bummer. God bummer but 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 near automata is not a bummer no no what nit bob i'll say (laughs) nothing i will say nothing i'm just gonna say i think that people should play this game it's got all of the accessibility uh like there's so many ways to customize that game to tailor it to how you would want to play it or the level of difficulty that you would want yeah um Mm. like you can make the game play itself for you almost I tried like with the the easy mode and the easy mode oh, really? chips that uh, they played around with. I played around with that for a bit. It's just like you know what? Like I'm glad that a thing like this exists. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad that like there's an there's like that accessible of a mode for people that want to, you know, because it's just as valid a way. And there are like no achievements or anything for beating the game on any difficulty. So 
<laughs> and you can actually buy trophies with in-game currency. <laughs> oh, is that in-game? I didn't know that. Yeah, you can just like go, like you have like five hundred thousand gold. Just go buy the platinum trophy. <laughs> what? It's that pointless. <laughs> That is amazing. That's I saw some so... people saying you buy trophies, but I thought it was like literally a PSN. No, purchase. it's literally like you beat the game three times and there's a trophy shop. <laughs> and you just buy it with your in-game money. <laughs> so do you have the platinum now? No, I didn't do it. Oh, you should. You got to. I didn't yeah. have them. Well, <laughs> I can't say anything. Gotcha. Oh. Anyway, Nier Automata is great. Everybody go play it. Um, anybody else got anything to talk about? Uh, I have one more thing. Go for it. Mm-hmm. No Man's Sky updated again. Uh-oh! <laughs> I thought we said this wasn't going to be any more bummers. Nope. nope. Uh, yeah, no bummers. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So what uh, so, did No Man's Sky do? No Man's Sky updated. And they added cars now that you can drive around. <laughs> what? Yeah. Did you see the trailer or not? No, because I don't. I don't, ca- I don't care about trailers. Oh, you don't care, and I care even less about No Man's Sky. Okay. So yeah, there's there's like space vehicles now. There's like a hovercraft and a big, uh, kind of a buggy and like a tractor trailer thing mm-hmm. that's like incredibly unfun to drive because it's so slow. Oh no. So, it, like, it's just kind of a big update that's like a lot of the little quality of life stuff as well. It's just like man. All this should have been in the game earlier, before now, because like now there's stats on your ship that's mm-hmm. like, oh, this one got like a nine percent modifier to your attack or your shields. And it's just like, like all of then, that shit that was yeah. supposed to be in there day one. Yeah, and like they added a second currency and kind of changed how blueprints are distributed because the old way was really stupid. Mm-hmm. But then like. Like, by having a second currency, it's just like, oh, you kind of admitted that everybody broke the old economy because yeah. you can just stand by your farm and get infinite money. It definitely sounds like everything they're doing at the moment is reactionary to kind of like... Or just like finishing the game. Finishing like, the game, and maybe listening to feedback. I don't know at this point like, yeah. what they're listening to. Like, it just kind of feels like maybe at least they they feel obligated, and I think that yeah. that's a good thing. But yeah. like... The previous update was really good, and I think this one just kind of feels a little more aimless and scattershot because just kind of little things here and there without like a like the base building in the previous update was like a central mechanic that yeah. the whole game could start to revolve around, and this is just like I don't know cars that you can drive. Sure. And like when they, yeah. With no and building like, giant space dicks. No. So what like, what what do you think this game kind of looks like now from someone? who's never played it, like, what do you think that experience would be like? I don't think this update changes much, because the previous update just kind of turned it like, hey, space Minecraft. Mm. And, like, this is just, like, a little extra on the sides, really. Like, it seems a lot more underwhelming, considering, like, the three months or so since the last update. Yeah. There's one crazy thing in this update that it does, though, that, like, is so kind of inconsequential, but it's a promising start. Mm-hmm. when you build a base now like you can upload them to the steam workshop mm. and like you can actually load other people's bases and just be teleported there mm-hmm. but apparently you can actually in the universe now find another player's base just without having to download it it'll just be there 
Okay, so... Because, like, there's this one area in the game where a bunch of people were like, let's all just all go to this one spot. Mm -hmm. And, like, this update comes out, and they all of a sudden can see each other's bases, and that's, like, kind of cool. Yeah, that's just, like, kind of a delivery on a premise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't still see each other, but, like... It's super weird, like, finally having some sort of permanence exist in the universe besides just naming stuff. But then it's also like, oh, the PC version is, like, super easy to mod. And it's like, how does that all start to work? Yeah. Because, like, Mm. when they did the base building update, like, the first thing I did and a lot of people on PC did was just, like, there was a text file that said, like, base building limit equals false and i just like changed it to true, true or something and then, yeah. yeah and it just took the limit off and lets you build as big as you want and now this update comes out and it's like oh it won't let you update if you're over the limit that didn't matter before shit oh that's ah. shitty yeah so like i don't know that game is kind of weird and aimless now and they also the other really crazy thing about this update is they changed how the game looks dramatically. Yeah, I don't like this at all. Like, the, they, the screenshots actually hurt my eyes. They added HBAO, which is Horizon-based Ambulant yeah. Occlusion. But, like, the way they did it just makes everything super kind of glowy. Yeah, it hurts my and, like, eyes. super bright. And they changed, like, the default kind of color temperature of the game mm-hmm. to accommodate for this. It's way more saturated. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. So, like, on PS4 it looks pretty good, mm-hmm. but on PC like, <laughs> that's the funny thing is that the PC version, like, runs a lot slower after this update now. Like, everybody's frame rate kind of went down a bit. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did was turn off the HBAO, and then, like, the new colors are just kind of awful looking without it. Yeah. And then, like, you can go in and change the like color settings to vintage mm-hmm. which makes it look basically how it did before the update and it's just like it's super weird that a game that is so defined by how its art style looks yeah dramatically changed how it looks with an update like that is some weird like revisionist history stuff going on here yeah, i really like as soon as i saw you posting the screenshots i was like man this is just a downgrade like that yeah. would have just left well but, enough again, alone that was with the uh, HBAO turned off because mm-hmm. it slows my PC yeah, down. Yeah. Like, I've seen screenshots of it on PS4, and it does look good at times, but it looks so different and saturated. Yeah, it's, it's so... It's kind of crazy that yeah. they changed it. Yeah. And the other thing this update added was photo mode, which is probably the biggest actual thing they did to it. What's that? Because photo mode... Photo mode is, like, it just pauses the game and lets you free aim the camera oh, around. Oh, okay, that's cool. So, like, you can get, like, exterior shots of your spaceship now, like, in space and stuff. And the craziest thing in photo mode is that you can move the sun around. What? You just point it and press... Yeah, you just point where you want the The sun sun to be and press F. Oh, that's... So you can just make make all the sunset pictures you want. All right. (laughs) You can just scroll the sun around and, like, change time of day. And it's, like, it's... That stuff's really neat, actually. Yeah, that feels like debug shit. Yeah. But it's also super weird that you have no player model. So, like, you'll go into photo mode and then, like, zoom the camera out back, and there's just, like, there's no one there where you were. Yeah, that would be real weird. A little eerie. Yeah. Well, it's weird because when the game came out, like, they did find a player model in the data, but it's still not in the game, actually. I'm surprised that they aren't just putting it in there for photo mode. Yeah. 
And photo mode is also super weird because, like, when you turn it on, it reverts back to, like, HBO AO turned on and, like, the vintage filter turned off. And it's just, like... Oh, weird. So, like, I'll go into photo mode and, like, the color composition of the scene I'm looking at just changes dramatically. I'm just like, oh, well, wait. And then you can move the sun and, like, even... (laughs) Fuck it up even more. Super weird. So, like... I told myself when this update came out, and I was just like, oh, this all kind of seems inconsequential. I'm not going to get sucked back into the game. And then I ended up kind of still getting sucked 20 back. 20 more hours. It. Not quite 20 yet, but, like, it's it's a good podcast game if you have a headache and don't want to think, basically. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Oh, and so in the previous update, they added survival mode and creative mode. In this one, they added permadeath mode. Oh, which is just like, who asked for this? Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I guess it was probably a pretty easy thing to put in, but yeah. why? And then they added an achievement for getting to the center of the universe on permadeath, which is just like super evil because no one's ever going to get that. So I was like, who wanted permadeath mode? And then I looked on Twitch and a bunch of people were streaming to permadeath mode. Well, so I guess maybe there is an audience for that. I mean, I mean. Like if that like if there's a thing that would be really stream friendly, that would be it. True. And I they made survival mode a little more balanced because before it was just like, oh, you get into a fight in, sh- in space, you're fucking dead. Mm. So it seems the space combat's a little easier now because it was just like your shield would go down in like a second. So if you're fighting two enemies, you're just dead. You're just done. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to ease it up for permadeath, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That game, that game is super weird now, it's, though. It's weird, but I mean, like it, it had a bad start. Like I, I was, yeah. I was straight up two hundred and fifty-five percent against it, just because of all the lies yeah. and just the way that it was marketed yeah. and all that shit. But the fact that there are still people dedicated not only to making sure that it's updated, but the audience is, you know, they've still got their little corner of the internet. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's cool that they're still working on that game in a way that's <laughs> substantial. I think that's actually really cool because I just thought they were going to disappear. I mm. I just started to think, man, are they just going to disappear? Because it's been three months since the mm-hmm. last update, and then oh, there they are, they're back, and like cool. maybe they could communicate a little bit more between yeah, updates. I, I think that would definitely help, yeah. but maybe they're just gun shy about communicating at all. Right. I, I because, get, I get why they would yeah, be given well, yeah. internet hate train. Yeah. The other yeah. funny thing. One last thing with this update is they added one new farming item, mm-hmm. which is very like unsubtly, just space weed. Yeah. <laughs> like the description is something like, this weed grows in dank environments. Fuck yeah, and I was like, it does. <laughs> you are so dumb. Can you get fucked up on it? I don't know. I haven't actually made any yet. I don't you think should, you can actually do anything. You should make some and then eat it. <laughs> yeah, No Man's Sky is it's a weird thing now. Like, just all the little side stuff that they... Because, the, like... In the original game, when you went to a space station, there'd be, like, an NPC there, and you couldn't understand their language. Mm-hmm. And then in the first update, they added two more NPCs that would always be there that all spoke English. And that was, like, kind of super immersion-breaking, that, like, oh, like, the base building isn't compatible with the whole language stuff, so we're just going to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in this update... Every... Oh, was I roboting there? No, you're good. No. So, in this update... 
every space station they added two more NPCs who all speak English. Oh, so it's just so like it's just now kinda, four to one. Yeah, we're kind of throwing that it, whole language thing out the yeah. window. It sounds like it just it just starts to feel bolted on when like now eighty percent of the aliens speak English, and it's just like oh, there's just a vendor here now. Yeah. But in I every mean, space station. That's probably for the best, honestly. Because, honestly, the language system sounded so convoluted and stupid starting out. I mean, it was interesting, I mean, but I don't think... It, it didn't sound well executed to me. It's just kind of weird, because all the NPC models, they all they ever do is kind of sit and look at their phones. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when it was one, it was acceptable, but now when it's, like... Five in the same room, it's all just staring at their little iPads. Real fucking weird. Like, it's real weird. <laughs> it's just like you guys are just running out of room now in this room. <laughs> There's just a bunch of guys just staring at their phones all the time. It's social commentary, man. <laughs> it is. It sounds like my family gatherings. Oh God! With all these millennials. <laughs> Y'all. So, oh, is that it? That's right. Yeah, you... that's it. That's it. Well, I've got one tasty new segment before we move on to news. Oh, what would that be? And that's my Hannibal update. Okay, Uh, (laughs) Hannibal update 2017. (laughs) (laughs) So last time I was watching it, I'd watched like half the first season. Uh And I thought it was like kind of a garbage show that I was really enjoying. Right. I was start, really starting to lose interest by the end of the first season because it was just the procedural and nothing was happening. Yeah. And then like, oh, this guy makes violins out of people's vocal cords. And, oh, oh While wow, they're still alive. And, oh, my God. And then they got to the end of the first season. Uh-huh. And then I realized what the problem was. And that's that Hannibal was getting away with everything all the time, effortlessly, and no one was ever suspecting him of anything. Yeah, that gets boring. So it was basically like Death Note if Light never kept had away any with suspicion. everything. Yeah, yeah. Then end of the first season. Oh, the main character suddenly is like, "Hey, what about this guy?" And now there's suddenly like conflict, and things are interesting, and the story's started. So I've watched most of the second season now, and it's a lot more engaging. Because there's, like, a plot. <laughs> yeah, like, I-, I think that it's cool to spend a good amount of time setting up things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, establishing your character and having fun yeah. with the idea while you can. But it has to go somewhere for me to remain interested. Yeah, and it's just that the first season is 13 40-minute episodes. That's yeah. a 26-episode anime before the story starts. So basically, it just they should have gotten to that point at around episode, like, six, at least. Yeah. Is kind of my thinking. I get you. Um, and I wanted to bring it up because, A, I was impressed with how much better the second season was. Mm-hmm. Um, B, there's a point where somebody's like, do you think Hannibal would really, like, cook and eat people? And then they point out, well, he did make a joke about eating my tongue at a dinner party the other day, <laughs> which is obviously the thing that Hannibal does through all of the media is like he makes the little like looks at the camera in the office the and little like, nod and wink i love having friends for dinner i'd love to have your wife for dinner i'd love to da, 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 da. yeah yeah just and then the, they have the someone schlock. call him out on it and then the, the, <laughs> the big detective goes to one of hannibal's dinner parties and then it's like 
Hey, good to see you, Hannibal. Um, I'm afraid I can't stay. I've got to run. Hey, can I take some food to go? Oh. And Hannibal's like, like, oh, uh, well, uh, yeah, how about I get you some from the kitchen? Oh, no, just let me take, I'll just have a box. I've already got this right here, you know. I mean, if that's okay with you, uh, sure, just. Oh, shit. Eat. Eat them soon before the meat spoils. Oh my god. And then he takes it to a lab. Dun dun dun. God. Wait, he's not just eating people, he's serving his friends yes. people. Yes. Oh my that's god. Not that's... He feeds people to other people without them realizing. Yeah, it's real fucking uh, dark a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But that's an extra level of dark. <laughs> There's so much good food porn. Because they'll like have a picture of him Is like it... It's actually really amazing. Uh, I mean, it also it always starts with him like slabbing like a heart, a human heart on a thing, and then cutting it up. But then it goes to like him breading it and cracking an egg like on his spatula, throwing it down. It's a great meatloaf and, made of spleen. And then like presenting it and like wrapping it in clay and breaking and baking it, and then breaking open the clay at the dinner table. And there's flowers everywhere, and it's beautiful. Looks delicious. But yeah, and also he he feeds one guy his own leg, so that's also good. Um, this sounds like a rat show. No. Oh come not, on! I can a, hear you over there. Show. I can hear you over there, just being like, man, getting this queued up on. Bring it up. I had to bring it up though because the late I told you this show was stupid, right? It is. Um, the latest episode that I watched, someone makes an Iron Man mechanical murder suit out of animal bones and tears people apart in it. What? <laughs> it's what not just it? puts on like a skull and claws and rips people up. It's like powered by like pneumatic tubes and oh motors. Oh my god. He, he like the ultimate predator because of his psych because his cycle also the show has a fucking terrible relationship with mental illness and oh, well, stuff yeah. like that. Believe it or not, the handle media doesn't ha- handle doesn't that handle stuff. that with a very delicate hand at all. God, so but it's trash, and you're enjoying the trash. God, I am, and that's oh. okay. It's maybe like it's like what you would hope for, probably out of the Hannibal media property. <laughs> yeah, like you're pretty much getting what you want, really. Here, let's be honest. Yeah. Especially now that it's really engaging. Actually with the starting to, you know, get a chase going. Yeah. Where basically, like, Hannibal's just fucking with the guy's perception and reality and doing everything he can to undermine just his world mm-hmm. and faith in his own sanity and stuff like that. And it's very twisted and engaging um, and sad and good. And... <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's pretty good shit for what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty engaged, and Mads is so good. And that's that. That is the delicious Hannibal update. <laughs> well, I guess if that is the case, why don't we move on to our good old pal at the newsroom? It's Rhett. Hi. Hey. Got any news for us? Uh, so there's a new Mass Effect game coming out in, oh. like, three days. <laughs> yeah, there is. And I thought this game was, like, super weird for a while, because it's, like, it always seems super far off, and they, like, were barely showing it at all. Yeah. So I thought this 
release was just kind of going to com- come and go without anybody actually realizing a new Mass Effect was out. Yeah. Until some footage started getting out and some people started playing it. Boy, it looks oh, janky. Boy, it does, doesn't it? Man. Oh my god. I've seen so many people's heads do full 360s on their necks. It's like, what the... <laughs> how did that get out of testing? Which is like the main character, like female writer, which is the new Shepard. Yeah. Just looks like she smelled a fart the entire yeah, time. Yeah, like this weird, like, nose smirk. upturned smirk thing. It's real fucking weird. She's just hypnotic to look at it because it's there's just uncanny valley up the wazoo yeah it's just like people are just making amazing gifts of her just yeah every just, facial expression it's so good and it's like man and it's just but it's also like how did this become the new mass effect yeah like that and like reports man. that and like early impressions seem pretty down on it yeah. Like, it sounds like they're just going straight in for that. We're making a, a Gears of War in space. Hmm. I guess it was made by, like, the team that did the multiplayer in the previous one. So, oh, like, that explains of, a lot. Yeah, so it's kind of like the B team rookies making a full one. It's just like, oh, man. Yeah, like, I have like, no real interest in Mass Effect anymore because, you know, like I said, that's kind of like a game that I played once. And, yeah. Um, totally fine with where that was. I don't need any more Bioware in my life at the moment. Yeah. It's just interesting kind of seeing these, like, trilogies from the previous generation Try to really make stumble yeah. in the new generation. Like, Gears of War is another one that, like... Yeah. I like Gears, there, too. Was, was there a fourth one or not? I don't remember I if that came think out. There, I think it came out to just little to no fanfare. That's what's crazy. And then I guess Uncharted is kind of the exception. Yeah, Uncharted seems to definitely have hit all the right notes. Yeah. Uncharted 4 is probably going to be the first one I play since I have it on my PS4 in the other room. <laughs> I'm pretty but like, pumped. Mass Effect 2 is like best game of all time for some people. Yeah. And like, I can totally see that. Yeah. Like, for them to put the B team on for the new to like to be the next to spearhead the next generation yeah yeah and if this game is as bad as it might be like maybe there's not gonna be another trilogy yeah fuck Gears Mm -hmm. of War 4 was last year crazy October $29 on Amazon right now didn't they make a Halo 5 yep little bit of fanfare I mean, Halo kind of makes sense because the original developers just left. Yeah, like, mm. they're just they gone. They made Destiny, and people yeah. like that game. Yeah. And I'll make me a second one. Yeah, video games are yeah. weird. Like, when you get in that AAA sector, man. Oh, boy. It's just sad, because, yeah, like, it seems kind of passionless, I guess. It does. Mm. It really does. Like, everything that I've seen about this game just kind of feels like... Well, you know, like, you, you eat, sleep, you go to sleep, and then this is the fart that happens while you're asleep. <laughs> I haven't even seen anybody posting, like, oh, this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend now. No, it's just weird. the that? weirdness and the fact that, like, you know, and, like, that Rock Paper Shotgun article was real damning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just like, that. this is the most boring, like, space marine schlock ever. Oh, no. Oh, Appar- apparently, EA actually just moved the embargo up to get really to get reviews out sooner because they're just getting slammed. Yeah, they're getting slammed right GIF now. Gift nonsense. Yeah, I guess 
I didn't see it, but apparently PewDiePie did a video about, wow, look how janky this looks. Right. And the EA was just like, Well, it. we gotta do something now. Yeah, like, we gotta bury this press. Oy, like they might as well just start shipping out copies now, folks. Yeah. Get it out there. I just can't believe that game was like so under the radar for they so long. They didn't talk about it. Like they, they were just, just yeah. mum about it the whole fucking time. And I mean, I swear, that's fine. Maybe this is why, though. Yeah, it could where it be. just was not coming together. Yeah. But I swear, EA would be like at E3, they're like, and we've got a new Mass Effect, and here's like four seconds four of footage. Four seconds of <laughs> of a ship in space. Good yeah. job. Here's a logo. That game ain't coming out in 2017. It's Mass Effect. They gotta have like a year of promotion before it. (laughs) And now we're getting... And then we did three years of promotion. They did three years of promotion of showing nothing. And then now, and then like three days before release, (laughs) there's what you got. (laughs) That's so weird. It seems like, to me, that also that's going to be like the one kind of western rpg series i can see myself pouring through at some point just playing the three I games think, and having I a good think time those three games are definitely worth playing yeah because i played most of one and had a very good time with it mm-hmm. um oh. i want to play it again i want to play it i was like eight years ago and i played it with the dude chef so that's why it was born because yeah I <laughs> absolutely fem chef makes that fucking game yeah so I'm probably just going to start at the beginning and have a nice time with that at some point. Go full Renegade like I did. It's yeah, so see, much more fun. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm going to recommend something I didn't actually even do. Renegade mm-hmm. Femshep is fucking savage. It's so Excellent. good. I loved it. So I had such a good time. I should have gone Renegade with her. I'm just too so much of a softie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'll probably... Yeah, it's, it seems like... Mass Effect and like Fallout New Vegas are the ones I want to pour time into mm, at some point. Yeah. Rhett's, Rhett's a big softy, but he's hard where it counts. <laughs> Great. Talking about your penis. Talking yeah. about his dick, yeah. Yes. Mass Effect Two with Jennifer Hale as the main character, though, like that felt like where Metroid could have gone. Yes. And like having other M come out around that time was so oh. depressing. Oh. <laughs> like so, Mass Effect kind of just like that's gonna yeah. be an interesting thing going forward, I guess. We'll know more yeah. next week. Uh, so what else we got? Cyber Dimension Neptunia, Four Goddesses Online. Officially Actually, confirmed coming to the West yep. for PS4 and Steam. This Yay. winter, that's good stuff. Having yeah. watched having watched our good friend After Five uh, play that game, I'm I'm sold on it like it looks real, like a, a lot of dumb fun. Yeah. This is the first time they've announced a Steam version with kind of the with PlayStation. the PlayStation version at the same time, yeah. So now we just need to, like, really get that Sega Hard Girls release I, date I PC. really hope that comes to Steam. I'm man. starting to lose faith, honestly. I know. I think it may just be, like, we... legal stuff with Sega and not wanting to pay <sighs> the license, unfortunately. But it already came out in the West on the Vita. <laughs> I know, but, like, fucking copyrights are weird and you never know how that stuff is going on internally. I mean... Or they just don't want to bother with the port. God, I hope it. I hope that happens. Otherwise, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm have to like, like. I'm gonna have to like. Like, Rhett, I'll buy the game. <laughs> I'll send it to you. You play it on your PlayStation TV. You send me yeah. the PlayStation TV in the game, and then I'll play it. <laughs> you know, I'm willing like, to do that. I'm willing to do that. It is kind of funny where it's like, well, I do technically actually have a device that can play it, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got a Vita TV that I like literally knew used for nothing but i got it for 20 bucks when they were just fire sailing them well there you go i guess those just aren't like available anymore no 
They're pretty hard so, to find. Yeah, so I got kind of left out there, except for the fact that I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. So maybe I will just buy Sega Hard Girls or something. And then I'll borrow it. Okay. There you go. Uh, uh, next news story. Next news. Kino's Journey, the anime that Polly didn't like and I did. I didn't I like hate it. it. Well, I it was nice. they're making more of it. Yay! Uh, and they're going to make it all moe and shit. I, uh, if they're going to moe her up. She's not like they're going to lose the deeper voice that they had for her because her gender was always kind of ambiguous. I mean, yeah, like... They're going to moe it up very much. <laughs> God, that game. That, I remember seeing screen caps of Gunslinger Girl versus Gunslinger Girl 2. Il Tiratrino. Oh, oh my God. God. That said, Il Tiantrino is a good story. <laughs> I just, it's like everything lines. about it. It was made, it was made with $3.12, though. I, I've done better animation. You have. You have. <laughs> Man, when oh, yeah. you said Moe are up, I wasn't too scared, and now John said Gunslinger Girl, and I'm, I want to cry, because that is like <laughs> a fate worse than death. I mean, that, oh God, that's what they did to Ghost in the Shell. I'm so sorry. Yep. That's exactly what's going to happen. Is like this character, this very interesting, um, and it isn't defined yeah. by her sexuality at all or her gender. Um, they're going to just moe her the fuck up. She's going to be blushing uh... every scene. <laughs> it's going to be so stupid. If it's not that, I will be surprised and I will actually watch it. I will. If it's not that, just I, just to say I gave it a shot because I like the concept of Kino's journey a lot. I just don't think that the show did much with the concept, with the constraints that it had. Mm -hmm. I was so excited for this, and now I'm, like, dreading it. That's basically. what I do, Rhett. I take yeah. everybody's hype, and then I flush it right down the fucking toilet. Well, it was John with Gunslinger Girl, and then I remember Ghost in the Shell. Oh, like, I'm not even a fan oh. of the series, but man, Arise, what the hell did they do to her? Oh, it's so awful. I need to watch that show with um, Anna. I think it's right up her alley. The Just standalone chill. complex? Yeah. No, um... Kino's Kino Journey? Journey. Uh, oh. Yeah. I still need to watch the second standalone complex season. I'll probably rewatch the first one before I, I do know, that, man, since it's that been six first, years. That first one's so good. The second mm -hmm. one's great, too, but I think the first one kind of outshines it. Cool. Yeah, I just gotta re-familiarize myself, my new, my new self, with mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to make a pun, but is season one of Standalone Complex standalone? <laughs> yes. No, they, they are, like, they're tied together, one and two. Oh, uh, uh, like, they, they continue. Okay. Uh, but, um... Like, it was satisfying on its own. Yeah, right. like, it has standalone stories in it that still manage to tie really well into the themes and the fabric of the rest of the, the episodes that aren't standalone. Mm -hmm. It's a really well put together show. Both seasons are um, cool. Yeah, sounds like Arise is not that. I yeah. don't think anybody. I'm not seeing any good press about Arise at all. Mm -hmm. All right, you keep you keep going, Rick, because I've got a news story. Well, what's your news story? All right, all right, all right. I I I think it might be because I was going to add something in here too. Okay, you know what's coming out in like nine hours. Oh, oh, never mind. Okay. Boyfriend to Death 2, yeah. Fresh Blood, is coming out in like nine hours. So it'll be out by the time this episode's out. Yeah. 
I'm very excited. You know what I found out recently too? What did you find out? Not just that they have they have a soft gardener boy who's one of the good boyfriends, <laughs> good good boys. Um, Ren the fox boy, the very soft fox boy. He's dateable now. To death. I'm sorry. He's dateable now. Um, yes, the one who is just Strahd's pet, fox boy. Um, who is just very nice and innocent and sweet. Um, is and now you, one you of can't the, wait to corrupt him. Oh is God. now going to be one of the dateable boys, and it's not going to be as sweet. And it's very exciting because Ren is one of my favorite anything's. Um, I'm going to have a very good time with I it. I love listening to Horny Dawn. <laughs> oh my God, his voice just changes. It changes so <laughs> fucking. <laughs> I it's fucking love I'm it. I love also. it. <laughs> it's going to be so, very nice. Is yeah. the author of Strayed from the first game doing the new Pet Boy group? Yes, yes, and um, and the and the Lawrence the um, Gardener Boy. So those are oh. two of um, four roots, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the other two are by the person who are by Electric Puke, who is partners with <laughs> Gato name. Bob. And Gato Bob did the root, my favorite, the Strayed Root, and a really good web comic. And the author of the third route, which is my second favorite, and the original was, wasn't working on this one. So, Electric EP is doing two of the routes in this one, and they look all right. I, do, I just don't like his art as much, and I'm wondering about. So I'm going into those like a little more suspect, but um, they seem to be working together really well. And EP even said something to the effect of, "I wish I'd put more effort into my chunk of the game. Mm. I felt like it did not." did not compare well with the other two and I wish I'd tried harder there so I think it sounds like um, they learned their lesson there because yeah it didn't feel like that but, and that, and he wrote the, the snake boy section in Boyfriend to Death 1 it was like my least favorite by far like uh, how disappointing is that <laughs> I know right I know right <laughs> So remember when you, me, and Chelsea were gonna write a Monster Girl thing? What happened to that? What did happen? That, to that? that would be good. That would, well, yeah. Octopus girls. Yeah. No, I like I like the I like the the, the dynamic we got of where it was Snake, Spider, and Praying Mantis. Yeah, I then, think that's like the trifecta. <laughs> Someday. So um, other news. Other news. Mm. Well, Polly will be super excited to know. There's a new Eureka 7 movie trilogy coming out. <laughs> fucking fucking shit. Fuck dicks piss. I just saw a bunch of people start talking about Eureka 7 last night. And what? I'm like, oh no, yeah. I... How totally... did... Huh? Didn't they release a whole, like, second season? Yeah, n- and nobody who liked the original liked it. What the fuck are they doing then? How did? They... How are they allowed to keep inflicting this on people? I'd be like know. if you told me, oh look, Kitty Grade gets a second season. Kitty Grade did get a second season. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo, Eureka 7's really bad. God, <laughs> don't ever watch that pile of garbage. I, I linked it in the chat for you, Polly, just so you know that I'm not I bullshitting. I don't wanna know! I'm not clicking that. <laughs> I'm not clicking that. Oh god, a fucking red stupid face. Is that, was that his name? I don't Renton, remember. his dumb Brent, fucking yeah, weirdo. Renton so much. Oh, God, I hate him. I hate that show. Oh, 
me all the <laughs> bad. All the Okay, can we work. talk about happy news then? Yeah, please? Okay, Sonic 2017, the 3D game, is now known as Sonic Forces. <laughs> it's got a very strange logo. Uh, so I've already seen people like it's very communist. It. It's very communist Russia. Like adding words to it, like Sonic forces his fans to stop being creepy, <laughs> or Sonic forces, you know. Oh no, this like, goes bad. It's a very punny title. It is. It lends itself to wordplay in a lot of fortunate yeah. and unfortunate ways. Uh, did you watch any of the gameplay? Yeah, it looks like generations. It's generations. They're just looks making... Like generations! And you know what? I'm okay with that. It's just what people want. I'm okay <laughs> with that. If you're going to go with... If you're just going to go with more generation-style gameplay, go ahead, give it to me. I'm on board. Yeah! It is, it is crazy that it took this long to just do what worked again, guys. Please, like... There was Lost World, then Sonic Boom, then the Sonic Boom on 3DS or something. I heard the 3DS Sonic Boom games aren't bad, though. Fire and Ice got, like, delayed an entire year, though. Yeah, like, it did. what happened? <laughs> just, like, somebody just slipped and lost the source code. <laughs> like, like, they like, were just like, oh, yeah. we, we missed fall. Guess we'll try again next we'll fall. We'll try again next fall. <laughs> Um, pretty sure. I think Lost World was. A, I heard someone say today that the Lost World was done by like a B team, kind of like a Treyarch, Activision type thing. Like or whatever that thing is called. I thought it was like the Colors team on like, Lost World. Yeah, totally. I'm totally wrong. Um, but that would have made sense to me. Like, okay, they had the B team wrap their thing up, and then they were like, let's do the we, let's really push this. Some shithead executive was like, you know what we need to do is reinvent this and make it uh, make it look like a shitty licensed PS2 game. <laughs> kind of, it does, it reeks of that kind of interference. And then let's make a, let's make a cartoon to go along with it. It will have cereal boxes. We'll make all the characters look different. We'll have everything be different and new. And it's going to be, it's going to be just what we need. The cartoon, the cartoon's good. Yeah, I know. I'm, it's like, really well written and funny. I like, really I'm not like even it. shitting on the cartoon. I'm yeah. saying like the whole, like Sonic has been Sonic Boom for the last. Yeah. For the last three, three or like four years. years. Yeah. It has been Sonic Boom. So now it's just now it's like okay we can maybe go back to where we left off <laughs> before the dark yeah. times. I'm hoping that like they, they try something different a little you know that, that it works in the new game. I'm hoping it's not just all of that because I think I that think... like that kind of gameplay can get a bit tiresome after a while. Yeah. So I hope they do something like there is some kind of little gimmick to it that doesn't interfere too much. Maybe, like, I, so, maybe, like, have some kind of beat-em-up sections. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. See, that's that's exactly where it all starts to go wrong, is when you're like, what if we add another thing? And what if it was, like, an hour long? Well. It was just perfect. And then you can uh, refund it on Steam after. There you go. <laughs> all right. Um, I think they might be teasing a third playable character in that game, though. Mm-hmm. And people are, like, desperately afraid it's not going to be Sonic Boom Sonic. Oh, no. <laughs> but who knows? That would be really weird. Basically, like, the idea that, oh, they're just doing this lazy thing again. 
is bizarre to me because like from Unleashed to Colors to Generations, every single yeah, game improved drastically. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like, we've seen so little of this. Like it's impossible to judge it. There's on, literally like, thirty seconds of seconds. gameplay out there. 30 seconds of like probably the first level yeah. like hey it's the one we just hold boost to win yeah like god yeah that that was a weird thing to see people like jumping into that with because there's a lot of people that don't like the colors generation thing which is bizarre um, yeah, well, those people are most people are just wrong yeah, yeah. absolutely god. Like, <laughs> so you can muster for people like that. like that's literally that's literally that headset of like oh I really wish we'd make more stuff like Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 this colors generations crap I hate yeah like I like the adventure games a lot but and then don't. 06 happened just don't please yeah they so people like really earnestly desiring Sonic Adventure 3 it exists yeah it just wasn't finished yeah yeah like Sonic 2006 is very much Sonic Adventure 3 yeah. yeah. I mean, it's practically aspects of it are a remake of the yeah, first Yeah, they are remade right from the first game. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> Sonic forces his fans to admit this Adventure 3 isn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sonic a lot. I really hope that... Um, because, you know, also, like, there are things from Sonic Generations that I'd love to... I'd love to see that game again. Just, yeah. like, yeah. with a few more... Th- just like with a climactic level, that's really exciting. Oh God, I'm all now. I'm already worried about the final boss in this game. Yeah, just have a function. Just have a, a climax and a final boss, or no final boss. I don't care. Just yeah. a climax that's exciting. Yeah, because Sonic Generations doesn't have that, and it's and it. I mean, hurts the yeah. game. It was funny when I didn't like the final boss of Colors when I first played it, mm-hmm. and then going back after Generations is like, this is amazing. This actually. is actually pretty good. I played Colors afterwards, and it was like, holy shit, this is functional. A final <laughs> boss that's functional. Fucking oh hell. And then, like, you run down the spire towards Earth. It's actually really that's good really and ridiculous. That's pretty crazy. And they have the orchestral thing come in, yep. and it feels really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, the main title theme plays, of course. I kind of like Sonic Colors a lot, because, like, anything that there is to not like about Generations is kind of done in Colors. So between the two of them, like, yeah. but then Generations plays a million times better. Yeah. So between the two of them, it's like, this is everything I want. If they could just force them together, like, the best of both worlds. <laughs> if oh, really, only. the dream would be if it was Sonic Generations, but with the stories affecting a Sonic Adventures. Yeah, but obviously, but like I, I, we may be on the cusp of having a, a year with two good Sonic titles. I know that would so. Wouldn't that just be so nice? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just be nice if they were just both good? I mean, Sonic. What's the other one called? Mania. The, Mania. That seems like a lock at this point. Yeah. It's being at least pretty good. Yeah. Because like I feel good about that because I. I played that guy's ports on the phone. Yeah. And they yeah. feel amazing. I yeah. really trust them. Yeah. With this. Christian Whitehead, I think. And we've seen way more footage of that game to be like, yes, this looks on point as exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they announced that, was it Flying Battery is the next mm. kind of re- remix level. Yeah. So that's a pretty good, good choice. Good love. It's a good choice. I do wish they had 
more original levels, yeah. but I guess it's going to be about 50-50. That's the one big knock against that game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming off of this guy porting a bunch of the game, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, he... Oh, I was done to port the green levels. Yeah, but he playing. didn't get to port the good ones, or the best ones. Yeah. Sonic's good. Is there anything else, Rat? One more news. They announced a new Neptunia game. Imagine that. Oh, dear. What do we got? Megan mentioned Neptunia V-I-I-R. It's uh -oh. some sort of VR game. Oh, no. And it's finally happening. <laughs> so apparently VR is not required. Oh, interesting. Because the logo just looks like it says VR. Yeah. But if you actually look, it's VII, yeah. which is what they did for Victory 2. Victory 2, yeah. So I'm just like, is this a sequel to Victory 2? Is this the next? I don't is think it is, but the like the way one? the logo like the it main could yeah, be. Yeah, it looks like it would be a mainline game of some sort. I can't imagine, though, because then they kind of mention, like, hanging out with the girls in their homes or something oh, in like, the trailer. Oh, yeah. baby. So who, then, who's going to be the first to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> this is an investment if you want to do the whole VR thing. There you go. You're going to finally share a room with Blonde, right? I think someone. I think if it's a VR thing, within the next year and a half, someone in our circle <laughs> will buy VR equipment and play this game. person will be Ashley. I'm More going to just... I'm just gonna put that down here. We can come back to this later. Just timestamp this. Timestamp right here. <laughs> someone is going. Someone in our circle is going to buy VR equipment. All right. Are they gonna buy VR equipment for this specifically, or yes, have have bought it for? All right. They will say that they got it to try other stuff, but we know it was for but this. They buy the VR thing, and then almost within like a week, they also buy Neptune. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that. All right. That's the that's the lock. That's the thing is, I, it'll be shameless too. Like there will be no shame in this purchase because we're all trash and we all know we're trash at this point. I can't believe you guys are talking such shit about Chelsea right now. Oh, <laughs> we all need a little trash. I Maybe agree. it's Neptunia VR. Maybe, Maybe it's guys force feeding people's own legs to oh. themselves. We all need a little bit of that. Oh my in lord! Our, just in our lives. Holly is very innocent right now compared to what you're talking I'm about. I'm absolutely innocent. I was talking about Hannibal. It's like shows on cable TV. It's like not even a bad thing. I think it's banned in at least one country. <laughs> Germany. Germany. One, probably. Yeah. So any more news? So, not if you guys don't have any. I ain't got any. I think that's about it. No questions? Mm -hmm. We cover the most important sequel of 2017 coming out. So <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, near Automata. Near Automata, there you go. <laughs> any uh, any questions? Nope. All right, so I guess with that, we're going to wind things down, but I'm going to kind of leave with a bit of a note here, kind of a bit of a casting change. Uh-oh. 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 Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be leaving the show for a couple months. Um, I'm a bit socially burnt out, and um, I have a great time doing this. But sometimes I think you kind of need to step away from things. And I've got a lot of other things that kind of need taken care of. And are going to be kind of, you know, keeping me from doing things to have things to talk about. So me being here would be just 
me not talking about a lot. So uh, I'm going to be taking three or four episodes off, give or take, somewhere around there. Uh, but these guys are going to be keeping you nice and busy. They're going to be back, and we're probably going to. You guys are probably going to do what? Guess every episode, I guess. Oh, I don't know. I guess John's handling it. I guess. Yeah, John's going to be yeah. handling it. So if you want to do guest stuff, like hit him up and you guys can probably work something out. I think we've already got the first guest on lock on who they want. Uh, but there'll be like three more episodes or so there to figure out. So, yeah. um, but I'll be back in a couple of months. I'll still be doing a couple of other podcast related things. I do have a couple of interviews set up that I need to conduct. Um, and, uh, I think we're going to try and bang out the album listening club, uh, sometime, maybe in a month or so. Uh, and we've got to do the Hero Lullaby um, uh, uh, post-mortem as well. So I'm still going to be around. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to be off of the socks cast for a bit. Y'all are sick of hearing me anyway, so. No. I'm not. Yeah. You're the glue that keeps us together. We don't like hearing you, Polly. Just, just go away. <laughs> just go away. It's fine. It's actually because Polly just doesn't want to be here next week for Boyfriend to Death 2. Discussion. There you go. <laughs> This is good timing. I've given him two months to get it worked out. Or jerked out. Oh my <laughs> god. And on that note, John Thire, where can we find you? Oh, farawaytimes.com. Also, farawaytimes.itch.io if you want to play games there. You know, do whatever. Whatever. It's your time. I don't care. Whatever. You. <laughs> whatever. Don't need your attention. <laughs> yeah. Rhett, where can we find you? Uh, I also have an itch.io page, but I forget what my username is on there. So you can find me at in3.tumblr.com. I think it's just in3. That itch.io. I don't know, though. I don't want to mislead people. And you can find me trawling around on whatever parts of the internet you already see me on. I'm not going anywhere. Huh. Um, yeah, it's not in3. Never mind. Oh, it's rat.it. Never mind. Continue. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm very good at keeping the flow going. You definitely are. She's quitting because of that. Thank I'm good quitting job. because John no! interrupts everything. That is late. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. <laughs>